Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers that aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick, who is always at my side, Hostway. I am so happy. I fucking love where I work. Shout out to Books with Pictures for letting me just take my comics before I could purchase them and then being snowed in. I would have probably not been able to do the episode uh, based on the weather, because we were then now close for the last two days, and that would have been pretty much impossible. Yeah, it's crazy, because I I uh, peeked through the curtain here. I fell asleep after work on Wednesday at like mm-hmm. 4.30, and yeah. didn't wake up till like 2 in the morning. So I woke up and looked at my phone, and everything went to hell. Like, the northeast <laughs> is under, or the northwest is under snow. Uh, my mother's house is under snow. There was an insane windstorm outside. I was like, what happened while I was sleeping? <laughs> but I have a buddy in Oregon, and she was sending me pictures, and it's just like this creepy orange color, and it's so foggy you can't see anything. Yeah, no, it, 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 was, pretty, it was a pretty good one. We usually get, like... Uh, we just get probably get snowed once a year for like two, maybe up to four inches, and even then the city just doesn't know what to do with itself. This time it was like a pretty sweet <laughs> ten solid inches. Nice. All right. Well, as always, we are here to talk about comic books, yes. uh, not the weather. Although we did talk about the weather, that's fun. Let's talk about these comics and let's talk about some news because holy crap, we got some news this week. Okay, for start a little bad or a little sad news. Myself, Hostway. Our buddy Crozen, pretty much everybody we know, has long been awaiting the Netflix-produced Gorillas feature film. <laughs> it has been canceled. No! <laughs> it's been going for so long. Like, what What the fuck, man? <laughs> like, it's been like 10 years, at least. <laughs> like, um, he basically said, um, someone asked him if it was permanently suspended, Damon, that is. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, that is the same, without naming names, because the whole matter has not yet been settled. The streaming platform for which we're making the film has withdrawn. God damn it. So. <sighs> Netflix. He's, uh, he's go to Amazon. <laughs> Amazon will, has all the money. Let them do it. So Sucks, but you know, it is what it is. So Now some happy news. <laughs> I just love how much joy I take in people's pain. Um, The United States Copyright Office has issued its official ruling regarding a previously copyrighted comic book where the art was created using AI art. And basically, you can't copyright AI art. It is official. (laughs) (laughs) Go fuck yourselves. So, hooray. Um, Next up, uh, there is a... And this, this is kind of a big thing for me to just throw in there, but we don't know a lot about it yet. There is a new Lord of the Rings movie announced by Warner Brothers. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just let it just let it fucking rest for a while. Well, I don't think it's I don't know if it's gonna be remix. I think it might be side stories. Still. Tom Bombadil movie. Calling it. It's my boy Tom Bombadil. So yeah. Uh also a uh, little bit of extra movie news. Hellboy's reboot that we've been talking about has oh, been yeah. confirmed. Oh shit. And it is going to be the first r-rated hellboy movie oh no shit okay, cool <laughs> cool yes right <laughs> i was like okay okay you got my attention uh two more bits of I- independent news uh titan comics is, uh has the comic gun honey which i've always kind of want to get into it seemed like i'd never had a great place to jump in mm-hmm. um it is expanding with a new spinoff series okay uh from writer charles ardai and artist ace continuado continuado 
And uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I I want to. This might be the time where I actually jump into it. Maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, well, mm, <laughs> buy so many comics. <laughs> like it's so hard. Oh, fuck. We'll see. And then the last bit of independent news, and one of the biggest news of the week. I know you're hyped or scared. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, the creators of Dark in 1899 are going to write and direct an upcoming television series adaptation of Something is Killing the Children for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Unless they cancel like the cancel gorillas. <laughs> uh, unless like, they cancel like they do everything else. Um, or I just... Uh, I mean, like I didn't follow it through, but just there was this very crucial detail um, that they really changed from Lock and Key that I didn't really like. That was basically character assassination. I just... Just treat this one well. Netflix, please. Please. I... Uh, I'm 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 hyped about it, but they can fuck this up very easily. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm glad that they picked a property that there's actually kind of like already like ma- enough material of it to make a show of it. Sometimes like like a comic will get a, will get a, will have a lot of hype, and then we'll get a show announced, and it's kind of like it's too soon. It's like you're gonna catch up, and then it's gonna be filler, or it's just gonna be not the comic anymore. So I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I think we'll see is a good way to put it. Um, there was a little bit of conversation about this on our Discord uh, at certain POV for Jukebox Vertigo, that is. Um, Bones and Alex were kind of talking back and forth after I posted it. And uh, I thought Angela Bones had a really great thought. Animation. Not live action. Ooh. That'd be sick. Like, that'd be really cool, right? Yeah, like their their CGI isn't the best, and like I would like to have, I would like to just like take these monsters seriously, and yeah, and actually animated would be really cool. Yeah, so nice. Um, and I only have one bit of independent news, which I literally received. Uh, one more bit of independent news, I should say. I literally received thirty seconds before we started uh, a, a tweet from Stephanie Phillips that our good friend JD sent over our way. Um, officially announcing and i'll send you the link in case you didn't see it but it sounded like you did you said um that this is finally out in the wild is what she says eight limbs a graphic novel that has been years in the works it's a story about muay thai oh badass yeah and it's so it's stephanie it's julia lolly and lee luffridge and that cover and that sample art in the second tweet i am here for this shit like this looks amazing so um yeah, check that out. Uh, follow Stephanie because Stephanie's amazing, anyways. So you should, anyways. Uh, at Steph underscore Smash. Steph Steph is really cool. We interviewed her once mm-hmm. and uh, talked about. You know, she she's very athletic. Um, and uh, I remember we talked about hockey and stuff like that. Um, so I'm really excited about this because I also backed a mixed magical martial arts from Pat Shan. So I'm gonna get like two MMA books at the same time. Nice. I'm here for that. So. <laughs> Uh, that's it for independent news. Let's talk about DC real quick. Uh, first of all, McFarland Toys. We love some McFarland Toys news. They've released a new Nightwing, um, Raven, Donna Troy, and Arsenal set. Oh, yeah. With a very interesting Build-A-Figure. Uh, I love the Arsenal one, first of all. I'm just going to go and throw that out there. Uh, it is a hulked-out Beast Boy is the Build-A-Figure. Oh, that is sick. Yeah, really, really cool. I like the. He looks like he looks like Mister Hyde from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie. <laughs> nice, <laughs> like, yeah. but I don't mean that as an insult because I'm a, 
spoiler alert. That's one of my favorite movies. I don't care what anyone says. I would say my favorite, but I do like that movie. <laughs> I could watch it any day of the week. <laughs> like, so can so She fucking loves that movie. I don't know. Why. It's great, dude. Like, I can. I actually know every single one of Sean Connery's lines. <laughs> nice. Like, and I've watched it with somebody and said all of his lines along with him, and he's like, "Why?" <laughs> <I don't. laughs> so, so that's pretty cool. I think they look great. I like a Titans like set lineup and with of like, with yeah. them kind of being the new justice league for about four months that's a good time to do it so right it's almost like yeah like dc is actually marketing with their comics which is great like do shit like this more often um yeah i, I like i like the lineup too yeah um joshua williamson also uh oh my next cat my next article sorry <laughs> just transitioning um joshua williamson was talking about a big thing to cbr about the new superman era the dawn of dc publishing event mm-hmm. and we've been told that and we'll talk about superman a little bit later too but brainiac is going to be a very big player in dcu and the dawn of dc is what we've been told oh no shit so that's cool. interesting that's cool oh yeah. damn it damn it it's like i didn't need this other push to just buy this fucking superman comic fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> you work at a comic book store you can just read them <laughs> um next bit uh we found out more about the next big event from dc Ooh. um which is it's going to be their big summer event it's called night with a k of course because it's dc yeah. um night terrors oh, okay it's a horror themed event it's going to be Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter and Guy and March. Um, oh, yeah, it's it's throughout July and August. DC will put out a two issue miniseries that will show a hero or villain facing a horrific fantasy within a nightmare realm. Um, so, I mean, like you think about it, that that's a good team for like a horror story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I there's some art. Actually, I'll send you the link. Um, there's some art you can check out. Um to see like what we're kind of talking about i think it's a good choice um like specifically i think it's the fourth picture yeah uh is really creepy as fuck yeah. <laughs> uh that's some 30 days a night shit a little bit like know, this lineup already has dead man so you know already has already has my bone so shit <laughs> cool. yeah it's only two issues so that's good oh, nice so yeah but yeah i thought that was kind of interesting i wanted to make sure to bring that up um also okay I, I didn't know how to talk about this. So Wonder Woman is going to be in the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game. We found that out during a oh, state yeah. of play. I didn't watch the state of play yet. I should be clear. Um, revealed that Wonder Woman is not corrupted like Brainiac, by Brainiac like everybody else. So I guess she's going to be okay. She's going to be good. She's going to help them stop Flash, I guess is the idea. It, 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 was, a, it was a pretty sweet scene because it was like... She- just not the just not the Suicide Squad or like just not the Justice League, but she was pretty fucking sick. <laughs> like the way the way she showed up is like, oh, I was like, wait, wait to like uh, bring it back around. But then we found out more about the game. But the whatever. But they gave Captain Boomerang a gun, <laughs> and I uh, just yeah, I was gonna make this tweet like a lot like from before where like it was like the the original lineup, and it's just like there's no diversity here, like in, in characters wise, like it's just. Do I want to play the gun character, the gun character, the big gun character, or the gun character? There's right. no, there's no, nothing. It's, yeah. 
Uh, so that's it for the DC stuff. Now, I do have a general like potluck of news that I completely forgot I had saved over here. So there's going to be a couple indie things I'm going to run through real quick. Okay. Um, Boom Studios has announced that Briar and Damn Them All are upgraded to ongoings. No shit. Ooh. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Skybound, that is announced it'll be continuing to celebrate Invincible's 20th anniversary with the new hardcover collection, the Volume 4 one. So okay. that'll come out in October. Um, something I didn't know existed and I need to listen to now. Marvel Voices has a podcast. Oh. I didn't know that. That's cool. And it's hosted by Angelique Rocher. And uh, the next season, which is the seventh season, <laughs> will have guests such as Cody Ziglar, uh, Pilar Flynn, and more. So that's pretty cool. I'm going to have to check that out now. Mm-hmm. Um, other things. I don't know what to think of this. How the Grinch Stole Christmas is getting an official sequel. And by that, I mean the book. Oh, wait, what? Yes. Um, it's announced by Dr. Seuss and Surprises, so at least his company is involved. Uh, it's called the How the Grinch Lost Christmas. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just like not one of those, like, you know, when you want deserves a sequel, like, it's like this one's not even like on the answer, like, list. It's just, wait, what? Yeah, I, I know. It feels like, like a random word generator. <laughs> <Just happened. laughs> uh, next up, Marvel has, or we'll, we'll talk about that with Marvel then. Um, oh, I actually meant to talk to you about this. So, the game Dead by Daylight, the horror game. Mm hmm has a comic book coming out from Titan Comics. Okay. And it looks pretty cool. And we get solicits from Titan occasionally. And I actually have a copy of issue one if you'd like oh, to review nice. it. Yeah, yeah, check it out. So, yeah, I'll send it your way. So, uh, Also, the first week of March, we're finally getting Robin, or Teen Titans Robin, which is the Kami Garcia, Gabriel Piccolo uh, YA books they did. Raven, Beast Boy, and Beast Boy yeah. Loves Raven. Teen Titans Robin's the fourth one, and it is Damien. I'm so excited for this. I have to buy two copies because my niece needs a copy too because she loves nice. them. So, um, and I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So let's start with Marvel now. Marvel has announced a new Star Wars event in the comics. <laughs> we don't have a name yet, but we do know that it will include Doctor Afra, the Star Wars book itself, Star Wars Darth Vader, and Star Wars Bounty Hunters. Okay, and. They're teasing it with the line, first it comes for the metal. So, like the we'll see. Like the Vescar metal? Right? Like, yeah, we'll see. That, but they're just teasing right now. We'll find out more later on. Uh, extra Star Wars news. Lando Calrissian is getting his own Return of the Jedi one-shot special. Hmm. Uh, because of Return of the Jedi's 40th anniversary. Uh, it's called Star Wars Return of the Jedi Lando. And uh, it's going to be written by Stephanie Phillips. Welcome back, Stephanie. (laughs) So, Art by Alvaro Lopez. And uh, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I'll get it. (laughs) Like, it's only it's a one shot. I I spent too much money. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, that should be fun. I think that'll be cool. So uh, next up. uh, I'm so curious because you and I have not talked about this. Which is very strange because it feels like the thing we would immediately send to one one each other and immediately talk about it for an hour. Marvel's bringing back the Ultimate Universe. Oh God, yes, God <laughs> damn it! Oh my God, that's because I didn't want to. <laughs> okay, so you know that bit in Simpsons where 
is it Mr. Burns that's talking to Homer? And he goes, that's good. And they say something. He goes, that's bad. Okay. Marvel's Ultimate Universe is returning a new series, Ultimate Invasion. That's bad. Starring Miles Morales and the Maker. That's good. <laughs> and it's like, well, actually, the next one's good, too. Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. It's, it's this fucking team. And it's like, oh. So it's like, I have, have had no interest in going back to the Ultimate Universe unless it's like on a tie-in. I know the Maker's back over there because I've, I've been reading Venom and some of the Spidey books where, and that's where he got left off. Good for him. Uh, so I'm expecting him to come back, but not as like a whole universe. I know it's like a, it's not going to be like a big thing. It's like a couple of four, it's like a four issue thing. But, uh, yeah. and it's like, uh, like, fuck, fuck it. Sure. It's only because it's Jonathan Hickman. Not even because it's him, but it's like, Hitch. If anybody's gonna, not even hitch, uh, but if anybody's gonna like be touching up on even potentially bringing back the Ultimate Universe, not that I'll follow it after that, I would just like to see it being done by Jonathan Hickman because he's the one who basically ended it back in uh, Secret Wars, so it just it makes sense. Um, but uh, I just I didn't want to go back to the sixteen ten. Yeah, I stopped caring for it a long time ago. Yeah, I'm curious I, I i i do I, love the maker he's a great villain oh totally so and, and that's the thing and that's, that's the thing about the ultimate universe it's only good when it's focused on individual characters all the world building has was always such bad bad writing um so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see i'm still every time i think about uh, the ultimate universe i'm so surprised that like Marvel did that, that there was also the, not just having the Marvel comics, but then the X-Men comics, but then the fucking ultimate universe comics out there too. That's insane. That was insane. Those are some insane times. Yeah. Speaking of Brian Hitch, (laughs) Marvel has announced a new crossover in fall called contest of chaos. Oh yeah. And I'll just send it to you because of the concept art that he did. He is not the artist doing it that we know of. No creative team has been announced. Right. It specifically says promotional art by Brian Hitch. Mm-hmm. But this is literally everybody throwing down. It's so cool. And it makes me think of the contest of champions, which is like an older one they did. Oh, that no, was really cool. Probably, yeah, I think it's supposed to be a comment for that. Yeah. So we know nothing about it yet. But just like everybody in their updated forms, you have like Gwen in the back, even like White Fox in the back with uh, fighting with Gwen. Yeah, Red um, Goblin's in there, I think. I uh, saw I'm, I saw a list of names. I haven't so. got to him. I was I was just I was actually going to <laughs> to the other, to the best friend, uh, Dylan with like the the red Venom suit. The yeah, red, yeah. Yep, uh, symbol suit. Yeah, everybody's just like in the now, and I'm actually pretty stoked about this. I hope it's a tournament arc because that's kind of what Contest of Champions was, and I'm so here for that. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, next up, I can't wait. Um, we got a new Black Panther series coming, right? Oh, yes, yes. I saw this. New costume. Mm-hmm. This is fucking sick. It's so badass. It's so cool looking. I, it's like, I don't even care who's in it. I'm just, I'm, it's like, it looks so fucking cool. It looks fucking cool, dude. Like The arsenal is just like, it's always been like, like he's always been so slick, sleek and like badass. Like, it's just the suit is, is the armor itself. But this, being an actual like warrior out there, oh, fuck, it's so awesome. So the, fir- the cover is by Torin Clark, but the design sheet, yeah. that's the artist for the book. That's oh, what no. you can express from Chris Allen. That's fucking awesome. Oh, that's right? so cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So uh, the shoulder so piece, the, the drape, not a cape, but like the drape over. Oh, it's so fucking the daggers. It's so cool. It's so fucking awesome. Yeah. 
All right. Um, the last thing about Marvel Comics I wanted to throw out is someone asked Al Ewing, hey, is there a potential that Magneto can come back during Sins of Sinister? And he's like, no. <laughs> and moved on, basically. So They did way long ago before that even <laughs> happened. So no. It's not even news, but I just thought I'd bring it up. So. <laughs> all right. Now, I got six more things, and they're all movie or TV related. Ooh, okay. So here we go. Tom Hardy has announced that Venom 3 has entered pre-production. I heard that. I'm here for that. I love the Venom movies. They're not good, but they're fun. <laughs> so, you, know, you know me. I love Venom. I still haven't seen them. It's two of Liz's favorite comic book movies. I can see that. Like, I mean, just like, by like, the little that I know of them. In, in, in uh, the second one, there's a moment where Venom and Eddie are like, they're about to go confront Carnage, but they don't know who it's Carnage. And Venom's like, we got this, Eddie. We can move and they open the door to this church, and there's Carnage. And he goes, "Oh shit, that's a red one. No, let's right. get out of here." Like it's like Liz is like that's like Liz's favorite movie, <laughs> whatever. She loves it. So yeah, I'm excited. They're fun. Uh, next up, okay. I love how out of control this is getting. I just want to make that clear. I can do this all day. Rogers the Musical is coming to Disney California Adventure as a one-act play. No, no, really? What? Oh, no fucking way. I want to see this. I know, right? I might have to go to Disney to see this. Dude, (laughs) I want to see this so bad. (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, (laughs) we need, we, we need to see this. I love that song so much. (laughs) It's so dumb. It's so fucking stupid. I love it so much too, dude. (laughs) Yes. Um, also, okay. Reportedly, this has not been confirmed. Tom Holland will be in Across the Spider Verse as a live action character. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. I mean, they're doing every style of animation. They might right. as well throw a live action dude in there, right? <laughs> so it hasn't been confirmed, but it's someone who is known to leak things that are usually the case. He's probably not and, and, and it doesn't though. sound too un- out of control to me. It, do- it doesn't, but they probably keep it in the fucking basement because I'm surprised he hasn't even hinted at a spoiler for this. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll go with the rumors first before the confirmation thing. Mm-hmm. So this has been, this is something that has been revealed by Casey Walsh, who is an industry insider. This has not been confirmed, but Casey Walsh has a really good track record. Yeah. So apparently Marvel Studios has added some things to their internal production calendar, <laughs> which includes Doctor Strange 3. Okay. Shang-Chi 2. Okay. I'm, I'm no longer pissed, then, but I'm surprised that this that sh- that should have already been in the works. I should have done this in a different order because you're not going to. Yeah, and Eternals 2. <laughs> That's fine too. Uh, but yeah. I mean, that, that, one, that one I'm actually surprised because it was. I think she always said that was she just wanted to do like the one for this one, but I mean, Marvel could have just gone to anyone else. At the Didn't end. say she was coming back. Oh, okay, <laughs> like yeah. I don't think she'll come back. I wouldn't if I was her. Mm-hmm. Comic book fans treat her like shit. Yeah, I, I no, I would never come back if I was her. It's just so. like, ah, with MCU, it's like everybody always does so much better on their second one. Um, mm. I mean, what except for Iron Man two, <laughs> Thor, and Thor two. I mean, no, no, people, no, no, same directors <laughs> that come back. I, I mean, no, oh, no, no, yeah, I see what you I mean, like, I like Thor 2 more. We've had this discussion last week. No, 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 but no, 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 I was saying the directors that come yeah, back, yeah. their second one's always better. 
generally I, better. I guess we'd have that's a long discussion. We'd have to talk about that. So, uh, but yeah, dude, very interesting uh, that they're all being added because Marvel did make the statement that they want to do more movies and less TV shows. They feel like they're putting out too many TV shows. Oh, okay, so we'll see. Uh, and the last thing, this is actually confirmed news. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen here. Marvel has added Steven Yun to the Thunderbolts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this. Wait, is this confirmed or is this a rumor? This is confirmed. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, he is casted. We don't know as what. I know. Deadline reports that his character is not only significant to the film. Mm-hmm but could also return down the road in future MCU films and series. Damn. I'm going to make a guess. Yeah. Swordmaster. But wasn't he... Wait, wasn't he the one uh, in Hawkeye? That was the stepdad? No, no, that's Swordsman. Oh, okay. The new Iron Fist is who I'm talking about. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I didn't want. I, I, I was seeing Amadeus show, but it's like, no, he's too fucking old already. He's too old, yeah. yeah. But as this Iron Fist, as like Swordmaster, yes. I, that'd be fucking. They sick. are going to want to use Iron Fist eventually. Eventually. This would be a way to do it. Bring bring back Danny Rand, who's mm-hmm. actually younger than Steven Young. I think, so. <laughs> but yeah, I'm here for this. Like, I'm actually so low key excited about this movie just because of the cast. I just love I everybody. Know, dude, this movie's going to be fucking awesome. Also, I saw. Speaking of which, Ant-Man Quantumania, I saw the worst fucking take. Someone being like, um, they're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, and they say, "What? that was a really good movie, except for Ghost, and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, Ghost was amazing. <laughs> Ghost might have been the best part of that fucking movie. I'm like, this is the worst take I've ever seen, so I don't know, but yeah, I just had to get that off my chest, because it really annoyed me, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. All I got for news. Anything else you can think of that I might have missed? Because Jesus. No, I think that was pretty much everything. <laughs> okay. Well, now we're going to start talking about some comics. And as always, we don't start with a bang. We start with a boom. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to do the POD joke this week and I forgot. <laughs> yeah. All dramatic. Okay, so let's talk about some comics. Uh, boom Studios. Damn them all. Number five, now an ongoing series, as we've learned. What was supposed to be the penultimate. Yeah. Written by Cy Spurrier, illustrated by Charlie Adlard, colored by Sophie Dodgson and Shane Hannah Kui, and letter by Jim Campbell. Uh, I love this one. It's a really good issue. I'm not going to take too long on it. Um, I like how fucking clever she is. Yes. In a world where this shit is hitting the fan, she like just just does what she needs to and does things that people are like, well, that's like a dumb move, but she knows what she's doing. She knows exactly what she needs. And I really like it. I thought it was really cool. Um, there's some awesome, really great, like super violent moments occasionally in this book. And the hammer to the head was fucking great. Um, also like this gave me again, some more fucking girl with the dragon tattoo vibes. Oh my God. Yeah. The scene was so hot. Yeah, so where the demons watch them have sex, and I'm like, wow, okay. Um, yeah, really good, and obviously a big reveal at the end that we won't talk about, but I really enjoyed it. What do you think? It's a really good. I mean, I, it's, it's 
it's a cool supernatural book where yeah there is like this gamble like the, this play on like these demonic coins where like you can basically use like i don't want to compare it to like pokemon but it's like the, these trays for these coins and like the, the, this power that you hold with them and like yeah everybody use, like using it for like their own power plays but she like like we're like you were talking about like she's just so fucking clever on like her trade or her trading out um these specific ones for her for her own end game that nobody that everybody's just going to underestimate and i and it just sucks. It's like that, that, that she just gets underestimated. But like, I mean, at the same time, good for her. Um, I would I would compare it to card captors personally. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I love card captors. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 a really it's a good fucking book, and I'm actually excited to see where it can go from here. Because I mean, like, yeah, the potential of so many demons, so many coins. Um, then I'm I'm glad that it's not locked to six issues anymore. Yeah, and I mean, even once the demon arc is done it's still a magical world, you know, a magical criminal right. underground. That's cool as hell by itself, you know? So I think she, the character is the highlight of the book. Mm-hmm. So the arc doesn't have to be the whole story. So, all right, next up, once upon a time at the end of the world, written by Jason Aaron. Oh, number four, by the way, written by Jason Aaron, illustrated by Alexandra Tukfingi, uh, colored by Lila fridge and letter by Anne world. I did not get to talk about the last issue with you, so no, I'm very glad that I was able to get this one. To. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, how heartbreaking is this book? Like, right? it's, it's absolutely <laughs> devastating. And they added a really sad angle to it. This whole thing with her, like, you find out about the punishments as, as scouts and how she kissed someone, her fellow scout but they're both women and that's against the rules. And so one of them is punished to basically have to swim to the surface of the water, but she doesn't even try, which is just devastating. And it's just like, it's such a, like uh, uh, the only word is devastating. That's the only word I can think of. This book is just absolutely obliterating you. That would be enough emotion for the entire issue. But then we get some more reveals, including like it just My let's just say they both lose something in this issue something, um, something, yeah everything single something everything <laughs> so my art yeah it's so good though like i absolutely love this book but it is just it's exhausting <laughs> so what do you think uh i love this i mean I, I love this book so much i love this series so much um i, I I'm, I'm not i'm throwing this out there to like to the comic book universe i am not liking these comic books that are the, where we lose these precious important libraries of stuff <laughs> there's three out there yeah now. right <laughs> yeah don't and get me started <laughs> it hurts every time <laughs> Um, no, but it's cool that we finally got um, Mezzi's backstory, or at least like like more into like I mean, yeah, what happened or her actual backstory, and like what kind of a threat the, these rangers are. Like they're really not to be fucked with. Um, and then just Macho, just like he's just so slow on the uptake, but just like when he catches up, it's just like this, this boy, this this fucking boy. I, I love this series so much. I just mm, mm, I can't talk about this one enough. Yeah, speaking of devastating, Specs number four, <laughs> uh, written by David Boer, illustrated by Chris Sheehan, colored by Roman Stevens, letter by Jim Campbell. Creation was by Boer and Sheehan, by the way. Uh, this is the finale. And I loved this. It's it's so good and 
being two boys that like we are that are not straight <laughs> it's just a devastating story and i i don't know why but maybe it's like some kind of weird schadenfreude but like homosexual love confessions that don't work out but in an okay way are just like my shit i don't know why it's just like i'm just like yeah i guess because it's just kind of like something i i can relate to you know what i mean like i could see that and i really like this one and i love the the temptation to make the wish yeah but and i love the ending of like him where was he when he was narrating all this you know what i mean like that was really interesting um and then the little tease at the end maybe this isn't the end i thought that was really cool too so what a great little four issue miniseries. Really, really good stuff. David knocks it out of the park every time. He's never, I've never read a bad comic book, David Poor. So, uh, what'd you think? Um, no, I, I love a book where, like, when you and the character, like, or when, you, as, as the reader, you get the, you get the answer as the character's realizing where fucking it, we, we, we had the answer to the ending, like, a long time ago. Like, when he realized, like, like, <laughs> how, how they go their ways. Um, and it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking because like he did wish for it in that way. So it's, it's only fair. So the, the temptation to <laughs> the, 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 the that's always there, just like, and not using it, just like, it is powerful. And like the, the scene, the confession scene, like, holy shit. Um, not exactly, but that was just such a like very tender, like night that I had with the friend, uh, where like we almost like both did, but it was just like, still like. God damn it! Just Arizona's just too brutal, but it was just like a, such a re- like I reminisced to I reminisced to a fucking night like in this scene, especially because we were in a fucking baseball field. Uh, so it was just <laughs> this, this book, Dave Ward, like you said, does not fucking miss. Um, and yeah, the, the tease at the end uh, was really cool, especially like when it's washing over the water. It's like you, you think it's like the water that's like blurring out the specks, but it's like it's almost like halfway transforming into like the, the, the Cyclops version of him, like in the panel. It's kind of, it's kind of cool how like the, almost like to show how they transform into each other. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It's just really good. Yeah. It was was awesome. Awesome. Can't wait to see what David does next. Um, probably wrapping up Kanto, I guess. So, (laughs) um, final boom book. Something is killing the children. Number 29. Uh, I think this was a perfectly placed issue in that we needed this right now. So, <laughs> written by James Tyne in the fourth, illustrated by Werther Della Dara, color by McComb Martho, and letter by Anne World Design. Um, everything was so stacked against Erica that I was like, oh God, like this is going to be really interesting to see her get out of this. And then we get to see this little subtle manipulation between the the houses you know what i mean like and i really like the power struggle of it the power play of it and i like that not everybody's just behind cutter because cutter is fucking insane <laughs> like, <I> so <laughs> so i thought it was a really cool issue um i really appreciate the fact that like they're just not going to take gary dying like that like no, like i know yeah, no spoilers. Gary died. Uh, so, in case you haven't been reading, um, I love Cecilia in this issue. I thought she was great. Oh man, her and and the fact that we just got this backstory from her with like the the House of Slaughter one shot. Um, but it's just like 
she she's being tempted back to her black mask ways. Like we know this of her. Uh, so it's like like there's there's like there's a personal hit for her there too. Like yeah, we're on, like we're all not going to take Big Gary's uh, death just like just like that. But she's almost taking it fucking personal, and I didn't. I'm I'm excited to see what kind of team will be behind Erica in a while. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And does she want a team? She she seems like she wants to be independent. You know what I mean? Like yeah, how will that work? You know, I, I, it's really cool. It's really set up a great situation. Um. All right, so that's all the boom books. Let's move on to some indie books. And I'm going to start with uh, several, like one issue from various different publishers. But we'll start with Aftershock. Um, the Vineyard, number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved this series. This is the finale. Uh, written by Brian Hawkins. Art by Sammy Cavella. Uh, colors by George- Jason Wordy. Letter by Taylor Esposito. Um, one of my favorite Aftershock books ever. Nice. Like it's so good. Um, the shot just to open up, it's just a beautifully done picture of a yeah. woman, basically. Um, there is okay, we'll talk plot in a second, but there is a thing that I noticed that I was immediately like, yes, uh, which is the brother has a polo with the vineyard's logo, the logo of the comic, okay, which is also the name of the little vineyard. I want this polo. <laughs> if Aftershock can make these, I would purchase one. I promise you. Yeah, Yo, you kind of need the help right now, Aftershock. Get that merch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get that money, yo. Um, make that Skrilla. Uh, so, as far as stories go, if I tell you what happened, you won't read it. <laughs> like, it's one okay. of those. You will, because you don't care. But I'm talking to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this interpersonal family drama. They're running this vineyard. They're getting help from the god Bacchus, but they have to sacrifice four people a year. The dad can't do it any longer because he's in a wheelchair. So the son is doing it and he's getting corrupted. The mom is kind of like against it, but not stopping anybody. Mm-hmm. And the daughter comes to visit with her husband. And we were left off in the last issue with the husband seeing the brother kill somebody. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And that's kind of where we left off. Mm-hmm. It's a really great like horror story. And it really leans heavily into the the creepy woodenness of stuff. Because remember, they have like the wood nymphs before. They're all over this fucking book now. Okay. And it's really interesting. We get to see Bacchus. So, really cool That's shit. Awesome. Dude, it's That's so good. good. It's just like visually, it's a gorgeous. Look at the shot of the, of the altar. See that big tree? Uh-huh. Like, and there's the wood nymphs Ooh. and stuff. It's creepy as fuck. I love that it. That is really dope. Yeah. Um, and it also made me want wine, which is hilarious. I was just like, <laughs> nice. I really want some wine. <laughs> like, I got um, really fucked up. No, I, didn't, I, I didn't get really fucked up, but I, I got a really, really, really bad hangover from wine. So I was like, I really never want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love wine. Uh, so, yeah, I really, really like this book. There's also a really cool thank you letter from Brian Hawkins in the end with one of the coolest images in the book series, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which is this bottle of wine with some grapes hanging over it. Aww. But yeah. they're skulls. Oh my god, that's so cool! That's so <laughs> right? cool. That is so badass! <laughs> that alone on a shirt, could you imagine just that the image on a shirt? would be so badass. Yeah, so cool. I love this book. Everybody should be pick- picking up the vineyard. It's at four issues, so it'll probably be a trade. And I, I, Aftershock doesn't do like $30 trades, so mm-hmm. it's totally worth the pickup. 
I, I highly recommend it. So, moving on, IDW. Uh, Dead Seas number three. I'm not going to talk too much about it because it's the number three. We're going to get close to the end. Uh, story by Kevin Scott, art by Nick Brokenshire, letters by Sean Lee. It's the the ship where they're harvesting the ectoplasm from the ghosts. Long story short, they get attacked by pirates. The pirates accidentally blow up part of the ship. Ships start sinking. <laughs> That's basically what's going on. And uh, it's all of them trying to recover it. And it culminates in this happening. Like that a giant wave know. hitting the boat. So <laughs> scary as fuck. No, fuck no. Yeah. So again, I won't talk about too much. I've been talking about this book. It's great. When it wraps up, we'll talk about it more. So next up is one of the surprise publishers of the year for me. What not publishing? Uh, I got Liquid Kill number one. David and Matt cover. Look, look at the detail on the face, dude. I love, I love her so much already. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know where we just David Mack just drawing someone. I already love him. Written by Max Hoven and Aaron Crow, art and lettering by Gabriel Iu Mazark. Thank you. My first time saying that. <laughs> I really enjoyed this, mm-hmm. and I think that it's something that's up your alley. Okay. Um, I know your primary experience with whatnot is me talking about Quested. Oh, yeah. this is not Quested. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm trying to find a good shot. First of all, it's a very dark book visually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be hard to pick up on camera, but I'm hoping like that comes across. Like the, the art style. Yeah, it reminds cool. me of a couple things. What was the one you really liked um, last year? You nominated it for a Remy. The one with the, the, the company where they were fighting the different uh, monsters that were also like natural or um, oh, wait, natural disasters. Mark? Ghost Cage. Oh, Ghost Cage. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. The art is kind of Ghost Cagey to me, which I really like. Oh, he's the West. I was um, going to say, it, it reminded me of, uh, of um, shit, Magnola. Like that shot? Oh, no. Yeah. I, I see the, the Nick Dragota in there. Yeah. 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 That is Nick Dragota, wasn't it? I forgot who did the art. And I was like, it looks like this. But yeah, it's like, it does have a bit of a, a bit of Magnola, too. Yeah. But it honestly, what it really reminds me of is like, um, the Cowboy Bebop uh, comic adaptation they did when the show came out that I really liked reminds me of that art. It's very sketchy and stuff, but it's really cool. Like, I think you would really like it. I don't want to get too much in the story because be honest with you, it it is a lot of action in the first one and I don't want to make assumptions. Yeah, yeah. But I will show you the cover for issue two, which looks sick as shit. That's awesome. It's called, what was it called? Liquid what? Liquid Kill. Liquid Kill. Okay, cool. From whatnot. Yeah. So. Whatnot's really killing it right now. So, next up, another very quick review. Oni Press, um, Rick and Morty Crisis on C one thirty seven number four. This is the finale. Written by Stephanie Phillips, illustrated by Ryan Lee, colored by Gabe Fisher, letter by Crank. In the last issue, we found out that the big bad that brought all the bad guys together was a Meeseeks, <laughs> and was the Meeseeks. Now, um, so it got weirder. <laughs> Basically. Rick convinced the Meeseeks that Rick was the one who summoned the Meeseeks because the Meeseeks forgot his mission essentially because he's been here so long he's gone crazy. And Rick's like, basically, what happened is I summoned you and I told you to assemble everyone in the universe who hates me, bring them here, forget I gave you that task, and then kill them all. (laughs) So they have a big fight and it's great because it's like a whole bunch of people um 
every major antagonist basically shows up. Uh, Supernova turns evil because, of course, she did because she hates them. Why would she help them? Yeah. Um, they turn into a giant robot. The family does. And <laughs> so Rick's in the head. Mm-hmm. Summer, Beth, and Morty are in the three arms. <laughs> and Jerry's on the dick. <laughs> so, yeah, so really great. He's like, I could have been in the head too. And Rick says, you kind of are. I was like, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> dick joke. And they save the day. Um, they disperse everybody throughout the multiverse. And you find out that the president of the United States, who also hates Rick, so he's here too, <laughs> um, has been sent to an alternate universe where he is in a dating show with Supernova, where he does not receive a rose and is thrown into the garble pit to be viciously devoured alive. Cool. And then Rick says, well, love a dub dub. Good stuff. <laughs> so, uh, next up, Dynamite. I know my... I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. Darkwing Duck number two. I love this book. Darkwing is great. Uh, script by Amanda Diebert. Art and color by Carl Loro with Jeff, Jeff Eckleberry on the letters. Uh, it does take place after the first issue, so they're going to keep a continuity, which I really like. Cool. And they are keeping Darkwing in like modern times. So like the last one was like how he would wouldn't Goslin have a cell phone. Like mm-hmm. it's it's doing that. Uh, one of the jokes in this one that I really liked is he needed a transfer. He needed a change into his costume. And he's like, I need a phone booth. And everybody's like, oh, what? <laughs> and he's like, never mind. So he saw a photo booth. And he transforms. And you get this awesome page where he's transforming. And the photo booth is taking pictures the entire time. Yeah. And he does this typical, like, Darkwing Duck speech, which is, this one's great. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the pizza toppings that stick to the lid of the delivery box of evil. Yeah. I am the bad photo someone else tags you in on social media. <laughs> which I was yeah. like, yes. So... And yeah, he, he beats up a bad guy. It's pretty fun. I mean, like, it's Darkwing Duck. And the next one, basically at the end of this issue, he decides he's retiring as Darkwing Duck to raise Goslin as a normal person. And the next issue is like, okay, he's retired. Now what? So really, they're doing continuity, which I really enjoy. Because this could be very episodic, but it's not. So really good stuff. And also, I think it was in this one. Maybe it was in the other one. We talked about it briefly. They had an ad for the Scar book. Oh, shit. Yeah. Bastards. Uh, I'm going to get that one. I know. But they also revealed a Maleficent what? book. What? Oh. Written and illustrated by Sue Lee with a, with a J. Lee cover. Uh, how the fuck do they know back to back like that with my villains? Oh, I hate them. I know it's ridiculous, dude. Like, but I'm gonna get it. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of dynamite, gargoyles three. Uh, this was a really good issue. I really like this one. Uh, written by Greg Wiseman, illustrated by George Cambadeus, uh, letter by Jeff Eckleberry. Um, this one was really cool because um, if you are unsure of who these characters are, they do a really quick like, "Here's who we are" thing at the beginning. They keep doing that, which is really cool because the cast is huge. So. Um, they just kind of run through it this time from Broadway's perspective, which is really great. Um, so basically, the woman giving birth is, uh, or the cat woman, I should say, giving birth is kidnapped. And they think it's Xenatos, of course. And he's just like, nah, man, that's not me. He's like, I wouldn't steal a fucking baby. Like, <laughs> he's just basically like, what? No. And so they're like, hey, let's try to. F-. He's like, I'll work with you. Let's figure out who took them. And. Uh, 
yeah, it was it's it ends up being Thalog, and they all have to work together, good guy and bad guy, to do it, which is really cool. Like to see that happen. They get there, and she gives birth to the baby. So now keep in mind, this is Talon and Maggie, the cat, who you know are animal people essentially giving birth to a baby and it comes out as a normal human and the bad guy is like oh i have no interest in this baby you i can go you can just go take the baby if you want they're like (laughs) like the fuck man like so they take the baby they scanned it to make sure it's dna is human it does so they all go home and everybody's like all right time to put the baby to bed they put the baby to bed and the last shot is this Ooh, oh shit nice baby's eyes start glowing so he's gonna be badass uh yeah i really liking this i lo- i forgot how much i loved gargoyles because i haven't watched the show in a long time and i keep thinking i should rewatch it and then i'm like no i have so much to watch but <laughs> we'll see good stuff though all right next publisher is scout comics and i'm gonna start with kill Chella number two i told this way before we started I'm hard selling him on this book <laughs> because I think there's so much in it that would appeal to you. Mm-hmm. Written by Mario Candelaria, uh, art by Serge Acuna and Lotaro Havlovich, uh, color by Catherine Lobo and Leslie Atlansky, lettered by Matt Kratzer. So you might remember the previous one where I basically described it's a bunch of spoiled little bitch people going to a Coachella-like concert, but there's a serial killer. Uh, picking people off and uh, we do see one of them die at the end of the last issue so the rest of them aren't aware and I was wondering what the pacing of this was going to be and it ended up being a lot more expedited than I thought which I really enjoyed because I was kind of worried oh this might drag a little bit but it didn't it was actually really perfect perfectly paced Um, basically that guy JJ is like Hey, or the JJ's dead, and they asked the the creepy dude that was hanging out with them, "What happened? You guys were hanging out." And he's like, "Yeah, he went to a bar, and I, he never came back. I guess he just banged some chick and went home with her." And they're like, "Yeah, that's JJ," and they just moved on, just blanked out their friend, right? Like, yeah, it sounds like him, because they're all terrible people, but they're all beautiful, and that's the other thing I love about this book <laughs> is that they're all absolutely beautiful people. Even the creepy dude looks like this. Oh my god! Like, not. He's still attractive. Like <laughs> he's just got glasses, I guess. <laughs> so, so they go to Coachella, but they don't call it Coachella at any point. And actually, at one point, someone's on the stage and says, "Thank you, Coachella," but Coach is cut off, so it's just Cella, <laughs> which killed Cella. Great. Um, long story short, there's like some some conflict between the friends. They don't all want to go. Like the one of them is doing like a photo shoot, and the others don't want to just sit there and watch her. They want to go see. The main reason they're there, which is uh, Topanga, I got her name here somewhere, Topanga, quote, fucking Cornell, which they're very excited to see. And um, yeah, so they're all ready. And the creepy dude is like, yeah, I won this competition as one of her biggest fans. I get to go backstage. I get to be part of the show. They're like, oh, that's really cool. So he gets on this bus, this hippie bus with all these other people. Oh. And Everybody on there, you find out these serial killers, it's all these people. They've all killed somebody for her. Oh. And put it on social media. Mm-hmm. The kill we saw at the first issue, the, the beginning of the first issue, was another person on the bus. It wasn't him. Okay. Oh. 
And she actually comments like, yeah, I almost didn't kill somebody in time, but look, like I found these stupid hikers. Like, it's just like, oh, cool. So, uh, also the, the red hot chili peppers are there. Uh, oh, they're the ones that say the Coachella thing. Okay. Cause it's like, you know, it says dream, dream of Californication is like, you see the line in the background. Yeah. Um, but they're ready to go to go see Topanga Corral. See, I thought they'd like stall for like three days at the concert. No, they're going for it. So they're all ready to go. When he got on the bus, he was taken to where she's performing. And it kind of reminded me of like like the Gambino uh, show, where oh, it was yeah, like yeah. a private thing in the middle of the desert. <laughs> like, mm, um, Oh, yeah. Ferris. Yeah, Ferris. Thank you. Yeah. It's just kind of like she did her own thing. It's not the Coachella stage. It's this place built in the desert. Yeah. And you have to take a bus there. Well, the buses show up to take the general audience there, and these are the people on the bus. God, I wish that was Pharaohs. I mean, <laughs> actually, it kind of was. Like, I, I was so pissed. Um, I got, I got my shirt. Um, and I thought I, I didn't know the merch because when you bought tickets for Pharaohs, it was all through an app. Um, and it all went through an app, and the merch store was through an app. And when you got there, you would get your bag. There was this dope fucking mask that had fucking horns, <laughs> and it lit up. God damn it, dude! That's literally Pharaohs. So they go out in the middle of the desert, and there's this place built. It's a big crystal dome called Summerland. It was a dome! <laughs> I know, I know. That's I'm, that's why I know, dude. <laughs> like, so they go in, and inside, like, here's the entrance. It's like flowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they go inside, and it's just a field inside the desert. Like the projectors. <laughs> dude, it's fucking... And then Topanga fucking Corral comes out. That's awesome. And starts singing... And she's like, I want uh, want to sing my new song, which was called, um, where, where is it? For Her Love, which is the hashtag they've been using when they're killing people. Oh. And so she's singing, and everybody starts, like, feeling weird. They bump into a guy. He's like, hey, watch where you're going. And they just stab him in the face. So it's not like it stays casual for multiple issues. It becomes a fucking massacre. That's a fucking pit. That's yeah. a fucking pit. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> It's so cool because I thought the series would build to this moment. Uh huh. Now I'm wondering where it's going to go, and it's yeah, way more intriguing to me. Like I love this book; it's one of my favorite scout books ever. That's like really I, cool. it's only two issues in too, so that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of scout, moving on to our other book, and also we did pick up this one, mm-hmm. Kitsune Number One. So badass. Story and script by Luca Frigero, and story and art by Emmanuel Ercolani. I love the juxtaposition of the cartoony look and the hardcore samurai violence. I love yeah. it in Samurai Doggy, and I love it here too. <laughs> so, um, I really like it. And this is even more cartoony. Like this is very much like Saturday morning cartoony. Like o- only because like the the in the first page, like the little boy rabbit looks like a rabbit's character. <laughs> yeah, a little. So bit. you think it's gonna be dialed into like not the brutality that you're going to get yourself into. Yeah. And then you get this page. Yes. <laughs> and it's just absolutely brutal. And then like it's just it's just so good. I don't want to get into too many particulars of the story cuz it there's a big twist halfway through that I think is worth experiencing on your own. Uh but I loved this. This was a really good surprise book and it's so violent and so badass. Have we mentioned that the samurai is blind yet? Because he's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. What do you think? This it, it's it's the pairing you want to follow in a like in in a, in a feudal like uh Japan setting. Like it just it, it makes me think of like the like my favorite moments of uh samurai shampoo, but it's like 
this blind kitsune samurai with the fucking uh raven that runs his mouth that's the gambler and it's like such a great fucking pairing like where do these two guys meet that have nothing to do with each other um but you can also tell that they're like just really good friends i fucking love this book so much just because i the brutality i i under i underestimated the brutality because of the first page and then it was just like once it came it was like well this actually is so super fitting with how it looks like you're like the like the juxtaposition of it uh, it just makes so much sense. It's just like, I loved it. It's it's one of my new favorites. And yeah, pick up this number one. I saw a review for it that made me laugh a little bit. Because mm-hmm. they're like, this is really good, but it's really derivative of Star Wars. And I'm like, I have bad news for you about Star Wars and where their stories came from. <laughs> like, like, it's like, fuck, dude, have you ever read a samurai story before? Dude. That's Star Wars. That's Star Wars just jacked all that. I thought it was really funny. I didn't reply because I was like, just just be clueless. But I thought it was great. It's like really derivative of Star Wars. What are you talking about? <laughs> What's the meme? Uh, guy who's see- only seen the movie Boss Baby. This movie really is giving me Boss Baby vibes. <laughs> so, yeah. Good stuff. But I love it. I'm subbing to it. It's great. Absolutely. It's really fun. So. All right, next up is ID, no, not IDW, uh, Dark Horse. I'm losing track. There's so many. Um, Star Wars, The High Republic Adventures, The Nameless Terror. Uh, so this is part, it, again, if it's The High Republic Adventures, that goes through Dark Horse. If it's The High Republic, it goes through oh. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by George Mann, illustrated by Eduardo Mello, colors by Ornella Savaris, and letter by Studio Ram. This one's really interesting, and I really, really like it. Um, it's most of it is a flashback tale, mm-hmm. which I really liked. I thought it was really interesting. Um, it's I'm trying to think. It's interesting to be in the High Republic and also even going further back. I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah, because okay. it's supposed to be you know so long ago. Right. And, you know, and they're like, yeah, but here's the legends or here's what we did years ago. But in its in its core, it's a marooned on a strange planet survival story. That's pretty much what it was, uh, what it is. And it's really good so far. Um, I don't like to compare things directly. I don't think it's really fair to anything. But uh, I really think it was... Um, if I compared it to anything to help people want to get into it, I would say Pitch Black. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, it's very much like where these people were trapped here. There's some kind of monster, and we're gonna have to survive. And we don't have any, you know, supplies. And yeah, really, really cool. But also throw in Jedi and like, it's <laughs> really, really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm not gonna get too much into it because. It does leave it open for me to interpret a little bit later, and I will do that then. So, which brings me to my other Dark Horse book, a number one blue book, number one. Mm. I, I really was tempted. That was such a, such a big week. Script by James Tynan the Fourth, art by Michael Avon Omin, and letter by Aditya Bidikar. Dude, Tynan and Omin, what a team! Uh, yeah. Uh, so, this is the cover I got. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of covers. This is an abduction story. Yes. An alien abduction story. Uh, there isn't an actual abduction in this yet, but it's so ominous in a way. And this is... I I hate comparing things again. I don't like doing it. 
but it is ominous in a way that like a Jordan movie, a Jordan Peele movie is ominous. Okay. Like, it's just like, you know, something's fucked happening and it just gets worse and worse. So you have this couple, they're driving, they see something above their, their car flying way up there. They're like, what is that? Is that a satellite? Why is it, why is it moving around so weirdly? And they get out to look at it and it gets, you know, they're like, all right. And they keep going. It just keeps following them. gets closer and closer and closer. So it gets more and more creepy, but in a way that you're like, you know what's happening, but they don't get it yet. Like it passed in front of the moon. And you got this shot. Just a very simple shot. Yeah. And it just gets closer and closer. And soon they're able to see the windows and you get this shot which is excellent. And it just keeps following them. It doesn't like swoop down on them or anything like that. And then finally they get close enough that he's able to use and see that. And he's like, shit, let's get out of here. He says, they're going to capture us. And that's where it cuts off. So 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 we just got to the third kind. Nice. Yeah. Really, really cool. I, I, I dig it. It's going to be a fun uh, alien story, I think. So, all right, next publisher, last truly independent publisher. Let's talk about Vault. Mm-hmm. Two books from Vault this week. First of all, Barbaric, Hell to Pay, number two. Written by Michael Marici. Nathan Gooden does the art. Addison Duke coloring. Jim Campbell lettering. We get to see how our barbarian uh, fares in hell, and it's great. It's just as great as I expected it to be. I love the whole war games thing where they're just like, yeah, we just fight and kill each other for fun. That's what we do. And he takes it too seriously, so which is like, great. So she's like, what, Valhalla? I know, it's great. There's like, no spin it. on it. It's just Valhalla? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. And I love he's just like, I hate this fucking place. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes. Uh, the rest of the team obviously gets off on their own thing. Um, oh, also, highlight of the book, he punches a camel in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, excellent. I'm glad they went there. But Soren and her team are obviously doing shit too, which is really cool. Um, and I really like that as well because I love Soren. And we get to meet somebody who has a connection to Soren. And I'm very excited to see what's going to happen there because she's probably my favorite part of the book is Soren. I like Axe. Axe is great. Don't get me wrong. But Soren's design, the tattoos, the idea of her is fucking cool. Yeah. Like, it's just irredeemably cool. And, <laughs> so. the fact that, and then with this new character, you start looking at her and, like, her tattoos that are just different. Yeah. And it's, like, a whole different type of arsenal. The potential. <laughs> yeah. Um, but God damn it. But Dad Heart. Oh, my God. All the women in this, yeah. in this book are just so fucking fantastic. They're all babes. Them. Every one I of them. I love them all. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the intro sequence is... LARPing sequence was just was super fucking funny. I thought of LARPing and I thought of you. Like <laughs> like when you freed the monster, like, no, you're not supposed to do that. I was like, yes, I can see that happen in Hostway. They're like, no, you that's, can't go in there. That's out of bounds. That's the shit that we love to do at Afterworlds. We're just like, oh, we need to do this. And it's like, let's see how we can break the story. And then like, and it's supposed to like not to even get meta with the game, but it's just like, see how we can break the game that they need to figure out the story for this after. Because uh, like they're giving us the choice to do this, and this is the type of stuff that we would break. And <laughs> yeah, uh, God, barbaric is, is just awesome. And these are usually go for three, so this, at least this is to be continued. It won't be to be concluded, right? Yeah, uh, from what I understand, it's it's supposed to be three. Oh, no but sure. but I might be mistaken. I did. I honestly didn't check. Um, I know there's at least two barbaric series this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. 
So we'll see. I and mean, then like a one I mean, shot. As soon as they start, they just fucking end. It's like, ah, oh, barbaric. I just, I... That's the only thing about this book I don't like is the fact that it just little bursts. Mm-hmm. I need more. You know what I mean? Like, so great stuff. Speaking of need more, Godfell number one. Yeah. <sighs> Christopher Sabella writing, Ben Hennessy art drawing, Trey O'Farrell coloring, and Jim Campbell lettering. What a cool world. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. first of all, a fucking badass main character. Like, Vault does it as good as anybody. It, I mean, like, the only team I can think of is Boom. Boom has a lot of really great female leads. Yeah. But does anyone do it as well as Vault? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and this character kicks fucking ass. Fancy. And just, it, just such a badass. But this awesome world where a god fell to fell to the planet and now of course as humans we've just basically like hollowed it out and turned it into a, a town and uh but everybody's fighting over it everybody has different parts of it and it's just a really cool idea and um i just i really dug it and it i love that it seems like the journey is going to be fighting our way through this dead god's body the entire time i love it i think it's really cool Great concept, great main character, great sidekick that's introduced in the second half. Bro, I, like I got Zena and Gabriel vibes, and I'm fucking in it. I fucking Zena and Gabriel is one of my favorite fucking stories storylines of all fucking time. Not even to say like the show is great, but I the subplot between, between them two has, has always been one of my favorites. And now we kind of get this here. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. But it's it's so badass because like so like to, to even like intrigue like uh, listeners a little bit more. It's like you do have like this like. I don't want to say like like not fantasy, but like it's all, like not medieval times, but it's like like Zanzie just is all armored up, has like this fucking battle axe like that she's like whipping around. Even I mean like, even like the the side character, she she is kind of like what elf ish like with like with her with with her white hair white hair. But then you get to like the deity, like this god, and it just takes a genre spin that Vault loves to do, and why and why we love Vault, mm-hmm. and just like the close up of this, and it's like the fact that we have to go through it. Like, what kind of mysteries are there in it? Now than then what kind of what we know what the what the real world is like. It's just it's not the design I thought it was for for the god, but it was just so freaking cool. Because when you see it fall, it's just like oh well that's kind of weird, but I want I don't want to assume, and you don't see it until the very end, and it's like oh shit, I assume right, but that's really fucking cool though. Now like where did it? It's not, it's not a god. Like, where did it come from? Um, I I'm I'm so intrigued. I yeah, Godfall is, is really dope. And Zanzi's yeah. just badass. I'm glad Vault is dabbling back in fantasy. Yeah. Because they were putting some fucking great fantasy books for a while. And then it felt like a lot of them ended. Yeah. And we still have Barbaric, obviously. And we have End After End, which I guess you could say is fantasy, but it's like a weird like afterlife thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is also great. So I just like them digging into fantasy again, because I think they do it better than anybody right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. So great. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about image. And we have a stack, so we're going to go through it. I'll be quick. Undiscovered Country number 23. I hmm. Written by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule. Art by Giuseppe Comincoli and Leonardo Marcello Grassi. Color by Matt Wilson and letter by Crank. I will say this. I'm not going to talk too much about this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things are coming to play. There's a lot of time travel still. Okay. And it says to be concluded. Ooh. I'm 23 issues into this book. So it's ending at 24. Mm-hmm. I will have a series review at the end of the next issue. Yes. But it's been very good. Um, 
the the remaining members of the team have different ideas of how to solve the problem, and I'm worried what's going to happen. That's what I'll say. So, <laughs> very very cool though. Uh, next up, plush number four. Mm-hmm. I love this book so. I hate that I love this book because <laughs> I almost didn't pick it up. I was like, no, I don't. <sighs> and then I asked Stephen, and he's like, oh yeah, I've heard good things about that that creative team, and I'm like. All right, and I picked it up, and I love it. So, <laughs> written by Doug Wagner, art by Daniel Hillard, color by Rico Renzi, and letter by Ed Dukeshire. This, of course, is the Cannibal Furries. And this one is giving me weird feels. I, I don't know how to feel about this character. <laughs> These flushes are just so weird. <laughs> so, long story short, uh, it actually starts with a first Sona conversation, which I really like, um, about what it is. There's a great bit where the the main furry dude is a uh, he's the one that dresses as a goat, and his name is Scratch. And so the main character is like, "You want to explain why, or you want to explain why you picked the devil?" He's like, "No, I'm just a goat." He's like, "Name Scratch." He's like, "What?" I call him Scratch because the suit makes me itchy. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> like, yeah. So there's like this whole thing, um, but this is where we kind of get the ro- the romantic portion of it where the cute blonde girl and him talk and it's obvious that they're into each other. And the, the main dude who's her brother adopted brother, if you will, is trying to get them uh, to like be together. Meanwhile, the sheriff is bringing all of his people to kill them all. And the main character decides to sacrifice himself by going with the sheriff, basically saying, I'll go with you. I'll do whatever you ask. Just leave them alone. Basically. And the sheriff's like, fine, you'll, you know, you'll marry my daughter. You won't care about who the dad of the baby is. You know, he's like, yeah, fine. And he drops his grandmother's ring behind because it's like a symbol of his actual love. So he's leaving it behind. And then the creepy one shows up and finds the ring. No. And she's like, oh, no, he loved, you know, basically. But like, she's, she's, she's kind of thick. I'm feeling it, Josue, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much that I love this. Um, but yeah, I, it's so good. Like, I, I'm not, I'm just joking. I don't hate it. It's really good. It's just, I don't want to tell, like, Liz, for instance, like, there's this really great book you should read about furries. And she'll be like, Keith, what happened? Like, <laughs> Get that shit out of my face. <laughs> like, yeah. <sighs> it's good, though. Check it out. So, it'll probably coming to an end, it feels like. Next up, number one. Local man, number one. I heard a lot of buzz from this one. Yes. Created and written by Tim Seeley and Tony Fleeks. Um, so art by Tony Fleeks with Brad Simpson on the colors, but other art by Tim Seeley with colors by Felipe Sobrero. Yes, it's going to be one of those books. So this is about a image style hero called Crossjack mm-hmm. who something happened we don't know what, and he has to go home to his small hometown where everybody fucking hates him for some reason. Including his parents. The entire time he's talking to his parents, they're just shitting on him the entire time. And he's just being like, you know, like he's trying his best. He's like, you know, I have to be here because, you know, I can't go back there. And he's just like, he asks his daddy, you want to go bow hunting? We can go shoot a deer or something. He's like, oh yeah, the bow, the one thing you, one weapon you weren't immediately good at like because that's his weapon is that's the skills he's good with weapons i guess so the dad's just like just shitting on him 
And he goes to the bar and he runs into his old nemesis, Hodag, who wants to apparently just wants to talk to him. Very important. He picks up a trash can lid and they have a very brief fight. And the dude, he punches Hodag and Hodag is like, no, I just wanted to tell you something. And the cops drag him away. So uh, he gets home and his old team show up. Okay. Right. And uh, they're called third gen. And they're just like, hey, guys, what's up? I took care of the bad guy. They're like, yeah, we saw. We saw the whole thing on YouTube. And they give him a fu- They serve him papers. As per your contract termination, you're not allowed to use any shield. He's like, it was a garbage can lid or shield like object. The name Crosshack is copyrighted intellectual property of third gen enterprises. Other violations that said contract include solving crimes, battling superhuman villains, non-superhuman villains, or engaging in large-scale events against cosmic or otherwise infinitely powerful beings. Like, they literally are just like, because he did a good thing, basically. Yeah. Or at least he thought he did. He did not do a good thing. (laughs) Um, Long story short, um, he, uh, the bad guy that's taken to jail, this happens to him in jail. Oh, ooh. so something happened, right? Now there's a good chunk of the book left. Now here's the thing. So here's the book, right? Yeah. If you flip it over, oh yeah, no, here's the book. Yeah, flip it over. This is a very short story of Crossjack in the original image style. Nice. And you can see it is in the original image style, wow. <laughs> and it's literally about his team and stuff. So this is a lot of fun. It's a really cool idea to do like the image book and then like the negative impact of everything. Uh, it also has a really cool thing from Tim Seeley about um, basically being a kid when image launched, which I was and how he biked like five miles to get to the, the comic book store to get a copy of young blood one and stuff. Yeah. So you could definitely see he loves it. And I, I really like this. It's going to go really cool places. I think nice. so. I highly recommend. All right. Now our first shared image book. And God, I love this book. Black Cloak number two. Yeah. Very. Words by Kelly Thompson. Art and colors by Meredith McLaren, who I'm meeting tomorrow. And, oh, I hope I do. Um, letters by Becca Carey. I love this book. I love the, I love the urban fantasy of it all. Urban fantasy is one of my favorite fucking things in the world. Um, it's why Eberron is my favorite uh, D&D campaign, because it's all about the urban fantasy. It's why I love stuff like Carnival Row, you know, and things like that. It's just like, so good. You need to read well, Nimona. Nimona? Yeah. Okay, I, I will check it out. So, um, this one is really cool. I love the random, like, the interviews they do where they just introduce random weird characters to you and throw them at you. Yep. I love that's a great trope and I love that. I love the little bit of lore we keep getting trickled down. I think it's really interesting. And I just love the sense of community of this world. Mm-hmm. Like they really build this world as really great. And I absolutely love this main character. Like I love her so much. And the way Meredith draws her, there's so much emotion in her face. There's so many different faces. Just on this page alone, that shot. Yeah. To that shot, to that shot. Just those three faces alone are three completely different emotions. And I love it. It's so cool. Um, Again, I can't recommend enough Heart in a Box if anyone wants to check out something else Meredith did. Uh, Just amazing art. So I really liked it. And a really cool tease at the end. And God, I just... Just, 
it's such a careful balance of like urban fantasy, but also there's some sci-fi. It feels sci-fi-ish, even if there's not actual technology. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a detective story. This is literally a checklist of things I love. Like, yeah. it's like they made it for me, and I absolutely love it. So I got it, but I also got The Virgin. I consider that one too. Did we we got a few of those. Just because I'm going to meet Meredith tomorrow, I'm going to get her to sign both my Virgin covers. Nice. So, yeah, really good. What do you think? Uh, so, two main things I want to highlight, like especially going into like two issues uh, into the story, is um, I just I, I love I love the people. I love how like I just like I guess how real it feels. The the flashback sequence, like or, or just like going back to like the first issue, and it's like oh she she knew this guy, and well he probably found like probably found like a wrong path and he's probably kind of shitty anyway the way she kind of just like moved on it, was, it wasn't cold but it was just kind of like well he was just the next but in this case you have a flashback of like them when they were just like innocent like pre just like experimenting with drugs and like before and adorable <laughs> it was a very cute one but it's, it's kind of it's like you get you get this impression of like these two very different people and you start feeling bad or you start feeling bad because of like well you're now we're attached to her and it's like well shit like what did happen to this guy and it's like this path would like I, I mean we're gonna we're gonna figure it out with the with this mystery but it's just like it feels like this is m- m- much more of a real hour story than it would be being told in in this uh in the in this setting and then the world building like oh, holy shit like yeah like towards the end like the where where she has to go with like because like a bunch of flyers that world building like like that 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 the the lift sequence it reminded me of like my favorite parts of like the it's, it's, it's a comedy show, but it, it has fantastic world building. Um, Disenchantment from Matt Groening amazing. It's amazing with world amazing building. Amazing show. Um, so so when she starts when she starts lifting up like uh, on that on that lift, it reminded me of like little sequences of, of that show. Uh, but goddamn it, do I love Black Cloak so much? I like, just like I, I want to solve it. I care so much about her, and just like and like how much she doesn't care about like you know, she comes from like a name, but it's like. Man, like she's just such an interesting character. Um, yeah, I, I love Black Lux so much. I'm so excited for you tomorrow. It really, like, the reading this gives me the same impression I had when I discovered some of the best like anime movies I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, you're like Ghost in the Shell kind of things. Yeah, you know, just this world. You're immediately like, what do you mean? There's only this movie. Like, <laughs> I need more. Like, what the fuck? Like, like that's really how I feel. I really dove deep into it. And a lot of those really great, you know, anime like movies, like um, like uh, Battle Angel Lita, great, right? Oh, sure, yeah. Like that kind of thing. It's really made, gave me that same impression, and I really like it. I hope this lasts for a long time. So know, we'll see. Right. I don't know if they have a planned like resolution, but yeah, we'll see. <sighs> so next up, Radiant Pink number three. Uh. <laughs> I love this book. It's fun. Written by Megan Camarina and Melissa Flores. Art by Emma Kubert. Colors by Rebecca Nolte. And letter by DC Hopkins. I did want to throw in a quick bit of news. Um, they did reveal that the big the big storyline for Radiant Black is coming up. Everything that's build, building up to it. Okay. But they confirmed that the other books are not crossing over into it. It's just a Radiant Black-centric story. So, that, like, the other Radiants might. Yeah. But Dead Lucky and stuff aren't going to. Okay. So. They did confirm that today, I saw. So, um, all right. So, this one, obviously, they're still lost in the multiverse with the kitty. And it's basically about them working out their relationship or what what their relationship is. Is it a relationship? And I really like it. I, I think Pink is just very funny. Like, she's adorable and stuff. And 
I like the twist of the vest not coming off. Yes. So it's like, what was the plan? Was it was like, was that planned to have it stuck on there? Were they trying to kill Pink or something like that? You know what I mean? Or was the dimensional hopping, like she said, the thing that stuck it on there? And what are they going to do? Because now we got like a, we like each other, but I literally can't be around you thing, which we're going to talk about in another book later, which is, which is a great trope. I love it. So, um, yeah, really fun. Also, this shot where she looked through the portal. Yes. That's Infernal Girl Red. Wait. Oh, shit. You might be right about that. It's a city on an asteroid floating through space. That's Infernal Girl Red. That's so true. Yeah, I love that little bit. So, I assume if it's not, then it should be. So, uh, yeah, I really like the issue. What do you think? Uh, with th- that part specifically, um, I did I did chuckle at it because uh, the part's like, yo, just don't don't jump in. Maybe just like peek over to see if it's okay. And it's like, yeah, that's actually a good plan for like maybe all the next times. Somebody's uh, played D anD D before. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it's a fun book. I, I really I thoroughly enjoy Radiant Pink. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just yeah, them not being or that that twist is like oh we'll just take it off and like abandon it obviously you don't you don't be a bad guy right but it's like nope it's just stuck to her now so yeah good trope and yeah i just i need need to see it through because that that fucking water planets are are not fun (laughs) yeah great stuff uh keeping in the massive verse infernal girl red two of three yes three (sighs) it's too short i know uh art uh, and co-creation by Eric Dur- Erica Durso, right? Writing and co-creation by Matt Groom. Colors by Igor Monti. Uh, background assistant is Lorenzo Tometa, and color assistant Sabrina Del Grasso. Letters by Becca Carey. It also does say book one. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So, um, I really like this. I love this contained world where you can kind of do whatever. Um, it reminds me of stuff like Static Shock. Yeah, where it's it's literally just like, oh, here's a guy and all the bad guys in this city, and they're the they're the people, you know what I mean? Like, and I hate to refer to it, it's like Darkwing Duck kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, and I like that. I like this uh, idea that she's not getting any backup. There's no other good guys coming in, you know what I mean? She's all they got, and I love the relationship with her and her mom. I love her roommate a lot so much so that I'm worried she's a bad guy in reality because uh, she's too cool. And I really like the thing with Thomas, the professor's son. And I'm wondering what that's going to develop from that. So that's why I'm like, okay, there's too much going on here for one more issue. We got to get more, right? So, yes, they do say, uh, it does say book one. And um, it does, it did say somewhere else. And I'm trying to find it right now. Um, Yeah, right here. Uh, t- uh, but surely there must be more. There will be. To be the first to find out when oh, Infernal yeah. Girl Red Book 2 will be hitting, please head to infernogirlred.com and sign up for our mailing list. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I really like this. I love that it's a good thick book, too. I yeah. love a good thick book. And just a cool character that can exist in this universe, but not alongside all the other characters, because it's a different universe, technically. It's really cool. I just really like it. It's it's reminds me of so many comics I've always loved, because I've always loved like college age kids with superpowers defending the city. I loved it when it was Gen 13. I love Gwen and Spider-Man and all of them, you know, it's really cool. So what do you think? 
Um, this would be uh, <laughs> okay. And then, and then just like just two things on this one. I think it would be a much shorter book book if the mom was Infernal Girl Red. <laughs> she's I like that she's always in the spot, like already, like yo, come here now. I found them basically. Um, I just I'm hoping she's not like in in on it either. Um, two where the radiants are like the Sentai's. I'm wondering if Infernal Girl Red is more of uh, the common rider side of the heroes, where like they in this issue in particular they kept after more towards like the the end of the issue they kept throwing in throwing out the color, but the majority of the issue they kept calling just calling her Infernal Girl. So I'm wondering if she'll have like different colors for like different power ups. Maybe that'd be kind of cool. I'm I'm curious. We need to find out more about the connection between the mom and the original. I think, and that too. Yeah, part of me wonders if the mom is the original. Ooh, I mean, yeah, because yeah, she did. Just, they kept saying that she was like she was the psychic, or she was like known to be the psychic, though. Well, yeah, but so is Clark Kent. True. <laughs> so Peter Parker is Spider Man's personal photographer. <laughs> yeah, just saying. So yeah, I love it though. It's really good. Next up. And I know Josue's excited to talk about it. Lovesick, number five. I want to say excited, but it's just like, yeah. Everything done by Luana Vecchio. Um, I think art-wise, this is my favorite issue. There's a lot of really good stuff in this one, mm-hmm. like visually, that I really enjoyed. And uh, I mean, I love Luana's art anyways. It's always great. <laughs> so um, It's so interesting to get this deep origin. And to meet like some like the long haired dude, the so fucking creepy, like just creepy looking, gives me this like unearthly feel when I look at him. Like I don't know, it's just, he's too pretty, is what it is. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's like this this really complicated thing between them that is so it's hard to explain. And it's hard to know how to feel about it yet. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of need to know where it's going to go. And I do think it's really awesome that Loana is like, this isn't a book that m- most people would make. No. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think actually in the the letters section, Loana says something like, this could ruin my career, basically. For, for, being, for being her first book as a writer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What she says, yeah. And, and so, yeah, the essay at the end, I really enjoyed. I highly recommend reading it because it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I saw before we started, and I should have had this ready. Um, I saw that Luana had posted uh, about a movie. Uh, that, oh, the, the reference towards like the cover? Yeah, to, to no, a Sleeping Beauty with, uh, with um, Emily Browning. Uh, right, she right. put if you enjoyed Lovesick Five, watch this movie. And it's like, oh, okay. Like I'm kind of curious, and it's on, it's free oh, on Tubi, I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of like, hmm. I'm I'm looking at the. She said the same thing for for number six with uh, from here to eternity with like the the ocean sequence. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious about it because I don't I haven't seen that one, and I love Emily Browning, so I'm kind of like maybe maybe I'll watch that. So, um, but yeah, I really like this issue though. Like it's. It's an extreme story. And again, we, we talk about it a lot. It's not for everybody. It's not for most, I would say. But you could say the same thing about Bolero. Like, and Bolero was a masterpiece. So what do you think? This book, this book is a lot in, like, in, like, in the best way. In the best way where it's like, I really hope it's not um, a career under for Luana because it's, 
it's not a book that people that it's, it's a book that people aren't I don't know, I guess like courageous to put out. And now that it's like, oh, we should have content like this out. No, but it's like with through like the right voice, through like the right channel, like, yeah, definitely have books out like this. Um, in this case, like just getting more in the backstory, uh getting more of the backstory between uh Domino and fucking Jack. Like, Jesus Christ, like what a fucking monster. But in this issue in particular, like or or in this issue issue in particular, finding out that with um I almost, I almost called her Luana with Domino, um like, fi- like having this thing with with Jack, the the autosynophilia slash the 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 Dolce girl, the the Dolce girl sequence where it's like she just she just needs it specifically from Jack, not from anybody else, but how Jack has his like has his talents just like deep in her that it's, it only has to be from from him, so that she can actually feel right about this and the way he just twist that fucking knife on her it's just it's 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 brutal it's just it's fucking it's just it's borderline gross and then at the same time it's just like the other side of this conversation for this issue is again it's it's for the issues it's not in the context of me as a person but it's just like victim blaming and slash are they asking for quote unquote are they asking for it and it's just like it's so deep it's just it's what it's what i love about this book it's just like it's an actual conversation starter, not just for the shock and awe, but there's actual like death to everything about this. Uh, just because like th- how gross it is out there. I love this book. Like Luana, you're, you're fantastic. You're doing a great job with this book and I don't know where you can go, but just please just get rid of fucking Jack. <laughs> did you, uh, did you see where Luana like explain what a dulcet girl is? Yes. I didn't know. I wasn't familiar. So I thought that was really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So, Awesome. Great stuff. And uh, it's so stressful. It's just heavy. It's it's a lot. It's a a big (laughs) book where it's just heavy, but it's just, it's one of those, uh, if like when you're in it, or if if you're about it, or at least like if you're like comfortable with it, like to talk about it, it's a great one. It's going to be one of those to really go down the line. Oh, yeah. Final image book is Saga 62. Oh, man. What a great, beautiful cover. Art, yeah, it's gorgeous. Art by Fiona Staples, written by Brian K. Vaughn. Letters designed by Phonographics. And then you open it. Yeah, and then you're like, yeah. <laughs> um, fuck the will. Let's just say that. We say that every review. I said that from fuck, the beginning. <laughs> fuck the will. <laughs> so we'll move on. I really liked this issue. Um, I liked the idea of like this person promising they can bring him back, but her saying it's a scam. And part of me is like, is it? It probably is, but is it? You know what I mean? Like, is that little, little bit? Like, um, obviously, uh, Squire getting upset was a really interesting moment, and I'm curious to see where that's going to go. Um, yeah, and just the whole stuff with the will again. Fuck the will, uh, but it's an interesting development. Yeah, I just. <clears throat> saga drip feeds us developments and it bothers me i'm like i need more like so but it's still one of the best like i hate that i love it so much but yeah what do you think um okay yeah i like that we kind of went back and forth a little bit um but i i, I the sequences was not with the the will but adjacent like the uh, sophie the conversation with sophie uh was nice i just like for i'll support support her for forever so i guess her supporting the will like whatever the fuck um but then Gwendolyn likes. <laughs> oh god, I, I, I want to see how that plays out. The beginning. Um, I like how we kind of set this uh, this two way path where like it was like, well, why why didn't they like the, we maybe we should have had this uh, this different adventure? But I like 
I like that Alana actually knew Marco, and it's like the, the, that's like the last fucking thing Marco would ever want is what Pe- what Petrichor is has been has been all about, and like and sitting about her path. And so I guess that makes sense on why we haven't seen her. But god damn it! <laughs> and that fucking line, that fucking uh, affirmation that that Petrichor gets, where it's like, but sometimes you can be an extraordinary bitch, Duncan. <laughs> it's just I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then and then um. The, god damn it. I get that it was like I don't think it was Marco's favorite book. It was only Marco's favorite book because it was the book that got them together. This book is terrible, and I fucking love that even um, Hazel and Squire were like, "Yo, don't ever fucking read us that shit again if that's the way it's written." <laughs> like, it was such a great scene. I was like, "Get us the fuck out of this book." Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's fucking saga. I, I love saga so much. I can never ever hate it. <laughs> I could just be upset nice. about it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, great. All right, so we're going to move on. Uh, I have to share this with you because it just popped up on my Twitter while we were talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, comic book letterer uh, Frank Setkovich uh, has tweeted uh, his idea for names for sequels to Cocaine Bear. Oh, God. And one of them is Cocaine Bear versus Methamphetaconda, <laughs> which I'm like, that's the best name I've ever heard. I love Methamphetaconda. <laughs> but yeah, I just had to re- I chuckled as soon as I saw that. I was like, excellent. So I love good wordplay. All right, now we're going to talk about DC Comics after that variation. Black. Oh, no. Josue is opening up with Superman Space Age number three. Soup's Space Age, written by Mark Russell, art by um, Mike Allred, colored by Laura Allred, and lettering by Dave Sharp. So the finale to this uh, Elseworlds tale that I actually really fucking loved uh, during the Space Age and like how the DC uh, DCU came about and with the multiverse. So, God, it's, it's a lot. These books are just so much. Um, so we kind of open up with back to Pariah shows up once again. It's 1982 uh, back to, to Clark and being like, okay, <laughs> just basically telling him like, yo, it, it's coming. Like whatever you did, it's, it's not going to stop it. The end is still coming. Like your little group here, it's, it's not going to mean much. So we cut to the hall of justice and it's a pretty packed team now. Then just like, the six seven like yeah you have yeah batman superman wonder woman uh but shit like okay flash and aquaman the classics you get red, red tornado hot girl and hawk man black canary and um ollie uh martian manhunter and green lantern because we knew green lantern from the cover but it's actually it, it is it is john stewart and i actually like the hair on him Oh looks, yeah, I, can, I like that. Right, it looks pretty sick. Um, yeah. So um, Green Lantern uh, gives them be, uh, gives them the lowdown, being like, "Yo, whatever this Pariah dude is saying might be true." Like the guard, like I've been talking with the Guardians. Antimatter is being lost throughout the multiverse, and I think it, at any second it could come here too. The next part, uh, the next part, Brainiac actually shows up on uh, on Superman, but it's not even, it's not even to fight. It's to again to basically double down or to at this point triple down that it's like there's no saving anything there's no saving any of this but as we brainiacs because like wait, it's like three of us little cult of them um as like we with we brainiacs we figured out we, that we can live outside of time and space in this little pocket area um and we'd like to invite you actually superman so but we can so it's only a portal for like a one person thing so it's like you can't like try to like make some clever outcome out of this and bring everybody over 
Um, so he's kind of like, well, I guess I'll think about it. Not so I'll go. I'll go save the planet. And, but, and before leaving, he tells him, "It's like, yo, every other place has has failed. Every other Superman has failed." And he and they give him they give him examples of like one that's just like in this desolate wasteland because like they're not all they're not all of them ended because of the anti martyr. Like just the nukes went up in one of them. Um, uh, other this other one, this whole planet got to like crystallization. So. Superman is just like, I guess, like, well, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, the, the sub subplot of this is Lex Luthor still, is still fucking crazy. Some of these characters are written a little too cartoonish, but it makes sense for like their 60s versions of themselves. Um, fucking Lex Luthor wants to take over, um, wants to be like the big conglomerate, wants to be fucking Amazon for the world. And the last, the last one to climb over is to, uh, is to buy out uh, Wayne Enterprises. So of course, but Bruce is going to let it go. Um, Bruce has this whole other storyline with the Joker, and it doesn't go well. So Lex is able to buy out Wayne Enterprises. And at this point, you think you think this other side plot is going to happen because Bruce also like did the the Dark Knight thing and kind of like it was able to tap into like all the CTVs and he's like, oh shit, now Lex has that power, um, that technology. But nope, as soon as soon as he basically signs the papers to own it, um, that's when Brainiac shows up. Oh, that's when uh. And Antimonitor shows up and everything goes to shit. Everything fucking dies. Um, and, I, and I skipped over the important part that, like, during the development of all this, Superman basically did go MIA since it's like, well, there's whatever bad guy's going to show up, it's not going to be as big as the Antimonitor. So I'm going to recluse myself in, in the um, in the fortress and just try to figure this shit out. And he basically develops, he does develop this cure-all Um and he gives it to and he starts he gives it to everybody um, that's willing to take it. And even if you're healthy, why wouldn't you want to take it? Just like it, it just it, it cures every even future disease that you that you might even get. Um, if Superman gives you pills, you take them. <laughs> you <fucking> take it. <laughs> um, so so yeah. So then we cut to um, Anti Mars shows up. The whole planet's going is going to shit. Um, and Superman is kind of basically like, yo, I kind of basically figured out that by giving everybody like these like super pills, I've basically taken or I basically have copied a portion of their DNA um, into back to like the crystal uh, uh, to the fortress. If I can just compact all of the fucking Earth's like DNA into this one like crystal ball, I can maybe salvage humanity. Uh, but then but it's not working because there's not enough power. Uh, the whole time Jor-El was, was, was helping him. Um, but then Jor-El's kind of like, well, we we can uh, actually get all the power on this if I just delete myself. And so if he does, he manages like, well, shit. Because also he, he also loses um, uh, John in this issue too uh, from, the, from the heart attack. So he loses both dads in this issue. Um, so everybody's able to be like, at least like copied into this like crystal ball. And he's like, well, then fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll take the call. And the, the the brainiac call, and he basically just like fucking dunks humanity <laughs> in the into the portal, and then we're and it's a portal to the other reality where um, we've been seeing the so we have this super, like our Superman, yellow S. We've been getting glimpses of this Superman with the black S, um, as in like and as in like this is the flash forward, this is where we're ending. No, this is the other reality of like now where our humanity ended up at, and since it's like well if it's if it's if it's me and I know myself, I wouldn't fucking leave Earth no matter what. Um, and if that Clark is still there, he would be at the fortress, and that's where that's where this one was. And he's able to 
revive humanity through through his side since it wasn't one that where the antimatter went it was like a different outcome and so we're able to flourish again it was a very fun tale yo if you need like your elseworlds like dc world like dc universe like build space age was awesome space Age was really really fun i've seen a lot of like really positive buzz about it Mm -hmm. it was just not not just from you Yeah. yeah so nice well that's the finale it was a finale yes all right all right well next up is my first dc book which is black adam number eight Uh, i'm not going to talk too much about this one because it's an eight of twelve i'm kind of like wedged in the middle of stuff Mm -hmm. right now um uh creative team is always at the back (laughs) it's dc (laughs) i always forget um where is the creative team did they put the creative team in again did they forget (laughs) because yeah i think they might have forgotten um okay so i mean i already know who half the people are there we go it's like halfway through weird uh written by priest uh art by eddie barrows eber ferrera montos and colors by matt herms letter by willie schubert um we're kind of building into something It, it really deals heavily with the the new black adam the young kid uh he's suffering from the same illness that black adam was originally suffering from um we get a really cool flashback about Black Adam, how he used to work for the Pharaohs as a hero. Mm-hmm. But this moment where he basically was pushed too far and it's a very Black Adam moment. Very cool. Um, we also keep getting teases of these gods that, you know, are circling around him, essentially trying to find how to get to him. It's very interesting to see what's going to happen there. So, uh, but yeah, I really, really liked it. Uh, I'm not going to again talk too much because it's an eight of 12 and, we're kind of just right in the middle of an arc without a lot of reveals yet. All right, next up for DC, we're going to go back to Hostway. And we are going to talk about Batman Superman. Cool. All right, so Bats to Soups, World's Finest, number 12. Um, we got, yeah, written by Mark Wade, pencils by Emanuela Lupacino. And Wade Von Grawbadger with Norm Rappin on the inks and Tamara Bonvillain with the colors. Steve Wands with the letters. A fun issue. A fun, fun issue. Um, it was te- it was teased before. Like, I was like, what is up? Like, we've been having this fun adventure with Batman and Superman. And by extension, uh, Robin and Kara have been, have been joining along. And they've been, like, feuding? It's been weird. And it's like, Why? Turns out they went on a really, 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 really bad first date. It <laughs> and it was wait, most... wait, which Robin is this? Uh, Dick. Okay, that's acceptable. <laughs> uh, so and and we cut to like post date uh, at the Batcave, and like Tim uh, and Dick is just like groaning at, on, on his on his pa- on his like uh, sketch on his pad, and Bree's like, "Wait, what the fuck is this? Nothing. Show me." And it's him sketching out his first drafts to for his nightwing costume <laughs> the date went that bad that's what sparked nightwing <laughs> discoing baby <laughs> um it's a cool call, call back with, and it cuts to the fortress of solitude and then superman asks the same thing and we're like so how did the date go and Carl's kind of like well i don't fucking get it like i thought he was like special and she does like a call back to um her and dick and they teamed up with black lightning back in the day against like um like a roost of man bats and he was falling and like uh like two of them picked up dick up in the air and they, and they dropped him at 1500 feet 
And she's like, shit, I'm not going to be there to save him. And he's able to save himself. Uh, so just kind of like, oh, well, there's something to this guy. And so it cuts to like the day, like the uh, pre-date. And she's getting ready. She doesn't know what, what outfit to pick. She finally, she finally decides, decides on one. And as she's approaching the building, she x-rays, she, she scans the building. Stupid Dick shows up in costume. Stupid Dick shows up in costume. Amazing. She's like, and she's like, what the fuck? So she, so she has to go back and change and change back. And well, obviously now all eyes on them. And <laughs> and Dick assumed that because he asked her like while they were in costumes, like that's that's how they should meet up. But it's kind of like, uh, it, it was just it's just it's it's very awkward. <laughs> I really wanted to cut to him explaining this to Batman and Batman being like, "Of course you showed up in costume. Why wouldn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, um, the, the I, I, of course, like uh, an altercation shows up. There's like a thing outside. Like a a guy loses a uh, a monkey and re- uh, causes a little havoc outside. And they're they just like they they save the block. They don't even save the day. They save the block. Um. And I think because during that, maybe he said he was good for it. Guess he had to pay for dinner at a very expensive place. Oh, <laughs> dude, she does not want anything to do with him. <laughs> there's an epilogue, uh, the, an epilogue, like or like the next day where it's like it's kind of like in the beginning, um, where it's just like yes, yeah, again back back, uh, Superman and Kara Car- are, are flying, and it's just like yeah, nope, it's just it's just not gonna it's gonna happen to someone else, but it's not gonna happen to fucking me. Um, and then back in Gotham, it's like a it's a ride between uh, Bruce and Dick, and <laughs> he's just like sulking with like one arm like on the mirror. <laughs> on the window and he's like well i guess like we'll, we'll move on hey does tyler have a sister <laughs> is how it closes and so yeah next wanted for murder metamorpho yeah metamorpho so we'll see that's such a weird transition from like the whole like big reveal of the sidekick and the potential well, over like, the, the reveal from the the, the setup to neza and then the reveal of fucking Magog, and now this really cute date. Yeah, you're, you're it's so right. weird. <laughs> like I'm like, all right, I guess. So okay, um, all right. Next book is a number one. Let's talk about Superman. Superman number one for the dawn of DC. Written by Joshua Williamson. Art and covers by Jamal Campbell. Letters by Ariana Mayer. I really enjoyed this book. This is going to focus on Clark and I'm not the biggest Clark fan in the world, but I really liked it. Um, I will say this, Jamal Campbell, S tier Superman artist, in my opinion. Um, Just, just a really good Superman. Solid. (sighs) Doesn't take too many chances, but makes it really nice and pretty. Um, Basically it's Superman going through his normal day, saving the day. Then he's Clark Kent. And someone's talking to him. So he's fighting Livewire, right? And someone's like, you know, do this, you know, uh, do this to take her out. And he's just ignoring them. And like, but what they're saying is like kind of brutal. They're like, you know, um, go directly to her and take her out now. It's like, use your ice breath to create fog, obscures her vision. Then break her arm or leg. You know, the brutality will disorient her. And he's just like ignoring them completely. And it's like, dunk her in the ocean, or her powers malfunction, hold her under until she runs out of oxygen, passes out. And he's just completely ignoring. And you find out it's Luther. It's Lex Luther in jail. Yeah. Talking to Clark. Huh. <laughs> and I love the idea that he knows 
that Superman can hear him wherever he is. Oh, yeah, and just talk shit all day long to Superman <laughs> from his prison cell. Just because he knows he also hear him? That's the most Lex Luthor thing I've ever heard, and I love it. Um, also, I gotta give props to, to Clark uh, in his in his um, civilian look. Like, he's rocking like a ball cap and glasses. Oh, nice. He's looking kind of cute. Like, yeah, actually, actually too <laughs> casual, but in a good way. <laughs> and then he gets yelled at by the new editor of the Daily Planet, Lois Lane. Oh, get the fuck out! Nice! Yes, Her, so finally. basically Perry is on sabbatical, so she's the editor for now. Uh, might be permanent, we'll see. But um, she's one of the few people that knows he's Superman, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that helps. Uh, they get attacked again. This time, uh, well, uh, I should actually, okay. I saw a tweet about this. It might have been Anne Loves Comics. I can't remember. But um, Lex Luthor's tower with the big L mm-hmm. has this magical thing swirling around it. Yeah. And when it's done, it looks like this. Oh, shit. And Mercy, Lex's sidekick or assistant, who is incredibly hot. And as whoever tweeted it has hella arms oh. <laughs> so uh there's it's just great basically is like oh here's the other shots of her arms oh fuck yeah she's got arms yeah hell yeah so the whole thing is is basically lex because he's in jail can't control LexCorp, and he left it to superman he wants to give superman all the resources of LexCorp. Hmm. and he's like i'm good and she's like no oh, follow me let me show you and they show this cartoon, like, commercial of a cartoon Superman. Of course. Talking about how they're going to work together. And it's like all these people dressed as Superman. And he's like, uh, and she's like, listen, you know, we have resources. You know, we have, like, she basically shows, let me show you your team. This is a whole team just dedicated to helping Superman. Um... And it's, like, really weird. And he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't accept it, but it's great because he's like, I don't know. And then she's like, hey, you know, before you make any rash decisions, I'll give you LL01. And it's a holographic projection of Lex Luthor, who then proceeds to ruin everything. It's great. Because even if even if Callow was thinking about it, he goes, hello, Callow. How may we service my son? And then Mercy's like, isn't it grand? He, he knew part of your training to become Superman was a hologram of your birth father. He thought a hologram himself would be comforting. <laughs> Oh my god. And then Superman's like, fuck you, and leaves, basically. He gets into a fight with Parasite. Um, Lex gives him advice on how to do it. He ignores Lex. And Superman gets jumped by a whole bunch of Parasites. And essentially loses that fight. Because he didn't listen to Lex. So, really cool. But then how does Lex know how to defeat them? Like, what the fuck is he up to? (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And then there is a teaser. At the end of what's coming up in Superman. We talked about this during the news. Oh, yeah. Dor-El, Dor-El told Krypton was doomed and no one believed in this world is also now doomed. Will the people here believe you? Oh, uh, so yeah. Ugh. Love. I really enjoyed this. Nice. I'm, I'm very happy with the new direction of Superman. I think it's done really, they did a really, really good job. So, uh, so I'll be subbing to that. All right. Next up. Josue. <laughs> Wonder Woman 796. 796, so close. Okay, uh, the Before the Storm finale, uh, written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan, 
color, no, uh, art by Amanke Lompan, uh, colors by Jordi Belair, and lettering by Pat Brazo. So, uh, when we last left off, Arrows had shown up, and he had triggered this love bomb on on, on the civilians, and everybody just started adoring, had this, like, admiration, just profound love for Diana, and they're basically just, like, just piling on top of her, just, like, just all just wanting to hug her, basically, and, yeah, she's basically figuring it out, it's like, yeah, so surprise, like, Arrows basically triggered this, like, all doing it through Hera, misled through Dr. Sisko's, uh, by Dr. Sisko and, like, uh, drugged by the international, like, the milk company, like, arc. And then that was, like, enthralled by, like, the, the devil's heart flower. It's, it's, it's all here. Um, and meanwhile, you have fucking um, the Titan. Who the fuck is it? Hyperion just trumpeting down fire on the city. Um, but anyway, um, so, but we have Yara in, on, in the fucking scene, and it's two on one. But he's basically, he's doing a good job of, of like, separating them. Um, cause yeah, um, right now Diana's on the, on the ground with dealing with all the people and arrows is like holding Yara by like one hand over the building and basically just like giving her like almost like an ultimatum or like break, like gaslighting her to break up with him basically, even though like they're not fucking, she keeps almost like a reminder, like we're not fucking together, bro. Like get that through <laughs> your head. Um, so basically, so she's like, yo, if you're not going to fucking let me go, then fuck you. And she so she's like this, right? She's like our arm up. She takes his knife out from his belt and cuts his fucking hand off. <laughs> and she starts falling. Jerry's there to save the day. She is such a fucking badass. Um, <laughs> at this point, it's fucking uh, Diana's turn. She's making a beeline flying up to him. Um, and she, <laughs> he has his cape and he's like wrapping up like his his uh, his hand he just lost. Um and he sees like Diana is coming straight at him, two fists in the air, and just goes, picks him up, goes through a building, and just goes up into the sky. And is like, dude, it's fucking over. Just stop. And before he does, like, before he's like about to like wanting to give up, uh, just because he had like the room to breathe, he gets an arrow and just like impales her chest. And now she's like halfway in, in his trance. Um and like and now he's like I forgot what his arrows did. I'm like he stabbed her. <laughs> like, I was <laughs> like oh god. <laughs> oh yeah. Go um, so yeah. So now she's so she's in a trance, but not like all lovey yet. Like her eyes are just glowing, and he's like descending down and just being like it's like basically like, it's okay. Like you'll work for us. Like with Hera. Like she'll make everything better. And again, letting his fucking guard down because he's a piece of shit. Yara Yara shows up, and that sick ass bolo, like fucking whip bolo she has, wraps it around his neck. It looks so good. It's, it's so satisfying to me, like see him struggle like that because he's so, so fucking shitty, and just lets out a, a silent don't when a lightning bolt strikes him down and he starts withering away. And Yara's there to catch Diana before she falls more. And Yara's like, "Wait, I, I had no idea I, uh, I could fucking do that." So credits averted. Um, at this point, on the other side of the city, um, Hyperion does go down because of our of, because of my two boys. Um, Siggy and Steve there. No super subtext, but at the very least, we do have this super close-up of both of them, super muscly and super shirtless oh, yeah. and super wet next to each other, holding on, holding on to each other. And that's important. Anyway, back to the other part. Uh, back to, like, towards the ending. We get a Zeus, how fucking dare you? And it's Hera. And it's Hera confronting awesome. Zeus. And it being like, and Zeus is kind of like, wait, <laughs> how dare I? Like, what the fuck? Like, you're you're getting way out of line with all of this. Uh, so yeah, like you're not gonna like 
you're not gonna be doing your little war and it's like wait my war like I, i'm doing all this for you for fucking olympus like i'm doing what is fucking necessary like always and zeus basically goes yeah, yeah, yeah whatever you know what it's, I, I let you run off for too long maybe it's about time like you, I, I remind you of your place no it's time you learned yours and he gets stabbed in the back and you see this little lightning dagger and it's like and basically like, <laughs> it's like a little monologue don't despair husband i'm taking over i can't imagine a more perfect way to cement the alliance of the new queen of olympus with the great wizard shazam oh fuck yeah that's awesome long live the queen that's that's really interesting considering yes. what happened in lazarus planet to be continued in Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods. The part two part. Interesting. Very, very fucking interesting. <laughs> it's going blazes. Ah, oh, that's good. I remember you saying there was a reveal and I was kind of waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool because even back to like the trial of the Amazons and the aftermath, we were being told, hey, this is going to be a big deal. Like, this is going right. to be a Harris thing coming. Up so. to something. Yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome, dude. Yeah, and, 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 and her like what team up with the, the wizard over like or how he shares like or like the powers of Shazam, and it's just like, whew, like ah, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious. I'm very very curious. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Next up is Nightwing 101. After 100, journey to 200. <laughs> uh, written by Tom Taylor, drawn by Travis Moore. Color by Adriana Lucas and letter by Wes Abbott. Um, yeah, this was a really interesting issue because we're dealing with the aftermath of the whole arc where um, the they saved uh, what's his name's daughter and the de- the demons trying to get her soul and all this and they're all trying to protect her. Um, I liked this little scene with her and like playing in the in the woods. With Raven and Beast Boy and Beast Boy's yeah. a unicorn. I thought that was really cute. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting because they we also follow up on Teen Titans Academy, which they they essentially say, yeah, that's we're not doing that again, basically. Yeah. And I'm like, boo, because I liked that. Um, Same. But the one positive part about it is they basically said everybody was accounted for. Mm-hmm. which means the chupacabra might still be alive. Please, <laughs> so, please. That's all we care about. If, if, if Tom Taylor is listening, here's what we need you to do. We need Nightwing to talk to somebody in the next issue. Just be like, thank God chupacabra survived that explosion. And then we'll never bring it up again. I <laughs> promise. We'll shut the fuck up forever. We just don't know, dude. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so vague. <laughs> like, but, um, but yeah, we could just, we kind of get to see the Titans in action, which is a lot of fun. Um, I, I I really liked it. Um, it, it was really cool, and the backup the backup story was really good. Um, with Superboy oh, or yeah. Superman, Superman, John Kent, and Nightwing, I thought that was really cool in the circus. That was a good story. So, mm-hmm. um, really good stuff. And obviously, it feels weird we're not going, immediately going back to Heartless because it was a big deal. But I do I do like the over. slow play. Yeah, but it what, just got glanced over so much. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's the slow pay. I think we're going to build to it. I think it'll be a big deal. You know what I mean? So, so I'm fine with that. So what do you think? Um, if, there's, if there's one thing, I mean, like, I'm glad we're getting a focus on the Titans because shit, they've really needed it in all of this. But 
uh, one of my favorite parts of this issue was when we're touching back on the on the tower that um, the the small focus on Starfire. That's like if anyone if if anyone got if anyone got hit the hardest, it was her that she was like the headmistress. It almost gave me like these like these like Emma Frost vibes. Yeah. I'm like this is like a big yeah. blo- big blow to her. And like the way she just dove down is like oh there's a body. I fucking got it. Like this is gonna take way too long. Um, so it's like if when we when we get to those teen to, to those Teen Titan or those Titan books uh, with them running in, yeah, I'm I'm excited for for these conversations because some of these people have needed to speak up for a while now. So it's like and I'm glad that this was at least like present here. Because Starfire has deserved, yeah. has deserved a lot, and I guess they just retconned the Beast Boy Cyborg thing. He's got the eye patch, but <laughs> that's it. They just were like, "Oh, that didn't happen," or "No, he's fine." I'm like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> They're just like, "What Beast Boy Cyborg thing?" <laughs> yeah. Next up, Lazarus Planet Omega. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, was there? There was only one creative team, right? Yeah. That's right, because it wasn't multiple stories. I mean, it was, but they're all. Yeah. Um, where are you? That's the Monkey Prince thing. I did read it. I um, I read it at the shop. I didn't get it myself. Okay. It's just it's going to be one of those ones where it's like seven pages in or something like that. Oh yeah. DC just put it on the right page. Okay, here we go. Written by Mark Wade. Art by Ricardo Federici and Mike Perkins. Colors by Brad Anderson. Letters by Steve Wands. We wrap up Lazarus Planet. And it's really good. Um, I'm so curious as to see, like... I think this event just existed to create some new characters, change some characters up a bit. It was like a crisis, not name, but like a mini one. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Yeah, like... Instead of like, if crisis is a like buffet, this is a burrito, you know, <laughs> like like but a much more delicious burrito than the crisis we just had. Yeah, 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 so much better. Like they're like, okay, Power Girl, let's change her powers a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. make a few new villains. You know what I mean? Let's make Monkey Prince actually matter. Yeah. Um. So I really enjoyed it. Um. I'm curious to see how Damien comes out of this because I expected him to be way bigger of a deal in this crossover. Yes. He didn't really seem to do anything. <laughs> so I was yeah, like, Bruce okay. Bedside for most of the time. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I did like the big team up where it was like, fuck, it's like two Supermans and Yara floor and oh, like all this power. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I love the black Alice stuff because she's oh. a character that does not get enough love. And the fact that, yo, know, and then they left a really open word. There's like potential there. Yes. Yeah. And I actually, I am kind of, I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm kind of excited for Batman versus Robin five because the tables have turned. Yes. God damn it. Like Mark Wade, you son of a bitch. If you nail this. <laughs> yeah. He might've actually found the way to make this work. <laughs> and I, I respect it. If he did, that would be really cool. So, and again, the monkey Prince story at the end was really cool. I like that of course, because I love monkey prints. So yeah, I got it. It's really good. And yes, of course I fucking got the red envelope. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I was trying to be all smooth. I'm not opening it. I'm Ooh, leaving I was, it I was sealed. I was curious. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, um, I want to leave it sealed because I think it'll hold its value. Probably, yeah. And then I can get the creative team to sign the envelope. Ooh, that'd be nice. So yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, shout out because I'm a, I'm just a, I'm I'm a sucker for for a great Spectre moment, and there's a great page in in Omega because Spectre is just fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, bringing it's very interesting because it's like 
Dark Crisis happened. And they're like, Jim Corgan's the Spectre again. You're like, yeah. And then like literally a month later, like Jim Corgan has lost the Spectre powers. <laughs> it's just like, what? And they're like, wait, 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 no, Jim Corgan's the Spectre again. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, make up your mind. Uh, it was just weirdly timed that happens sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Uh, but yeah, really good um, wrap up, but it's not wrapped up because we know there's at least one more that's going to be Shazam and Wonder Woman specific. Because it was it was oh, yeah. branded Lazarus Planet, right? Oh yeah, the Revenge of the Gods, right? Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's interesting. It's coming out after, after the Omega, right? Huh. So, all right. Well, that leads us to our final publisher of the of the night, which is always Marvel, and we got a stack of Marvel. Yeah. So let's fucking go. Um, Star Wars. We'll start there. Dr. Afra number 29, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Natasha Bustos, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letter by Joe Carmagna. Um, it's still her team trying to free her from the spark. We get to see a really cool flashback from the spark's history about like what, um, what it's done in the past. And I thought that was really cool. One of the things I love about Dr. Afra is the kind of morally grayness of it. Like, it's not like everybody's good. Everybody's a good guy. There's, they're all criminals, basically. And I really enjoy that. So, um, I also just have to give a shout out once again to Kofan Ferris. Um, just one of my favorite Star Wars characters, slowly but surely, has progressed. Um, Kofan is the, um, this one, the, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Classmate, classmate of Doctor Afra. There we go. Okay. Um, that that Afra corrupted really early on, and is kind of a dark dark side specialist, dark side of the force specialist now, and is really important in the Hidden Empire story that's okay. going on right now. Nice. Um, so I just really like that character now. Like really, really cool. So good stuff. It's twenty nine, so thirty might be a big deal. Also, we have the crossover coming up, so they might be setting up how Afro ties into that. We'll see. Next up, Tiger Division, number four. Written by Emily Kim, art by Chris Lee, color by Yin Nitro, and letter by Ariana Mayer. Um, there is one issue left of this, uh, so I'm pretty excited about it. This has been a lot of fun. I've really been enjoying this book. It stars a lot of characters that you know people don't know. Uh, but that are great. Like Luna Snow and White Fox are probably the two most popular ones. And uh, even then, mo- the average Marvel fan is not going to know who they are. Um, so it was really cool to see this. This issue really focuses on uh, Teguki. Um, he's the their Superman, essentially. And the whole plot was like this, this guy from his past, when they used to be gang members together, is trying to steal his powers. And he uses the gimmick it takes away his powers. He no longer has his powers, but the bad guy's like, wait, I don't have the powers. What happened? And it's, there's a big explosion. There's a big reveal. All of this na- inane prattling, none of you are worthy to inherit the power of the gym. Such potential should be in the hands of Dr. Doom. Motherfucker, you're so greedy. So greedy. So Doom, Doom basically just took like Superman level powers from this guy. Yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> so, so to be concluded there. Next up, the conclusion of Savage Avengers, number 10. Written by David Popose, arts by Carlos Magno, colored by Espen Gutenjern, and letter by Travis Lanham. Um, I saw online someone asked him, like, oh, was this prematurely? And he's like, no, this was the plan all along. 
He's like, we were going to end here. The only change was like they they lost the Conan rights, so they had to change that a bit. But he's like, no, this was my arc. This is what I pitch. So they're in 2099. They're fighting Ultron and the Deathlark army. And in the last issue, they uh, they were like turned into like zombie versions themselves because they died and they were able to overcome and take their bodies back and stuff. So they developed a lot of like character stuff at that point. One of the things, the thing most important to me because it's who I am is cloak and dagger are able to declare their love for each other. Aww. So dagger's not with anti venom. And yeah, this shot, like if you look at it, it's cute, they're kissing, but also like zoom out his cloak tendrils and her daggers. That's right. a really cool shot. Yeah. It's really dope. Yeah. Um, they're fighting the bad guy and keep in mind, this is like an alternate 2099 because of the Deathlock arm. Mm-hmm. So things are different. And um, you don't see Electra very much in this issue. Okay. And then they're like, basically, she's like, she knew the best way to fight an army of cyborgs is to enlist an army of her own. And it shows her, and this is Avengers 2099. You got a Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man. You got Ghost Rider 2099. You got a couple of the X-Men. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Like, she makes like Savage Avengers 2099 is what they call them. Wow, so that's, that's awesome. I know it's a really cool idea. I really like it, but obviously they they stop Ultron. Um, Miles Deathlock mm-hmm. seemingly sacrifices himself by fixing the time loop with his lost arm. Okay. But we find out that Uatu the Watcher basically sends him to his own home, oh. uh, sends him back to his own world, and he's able to live out his life. Nice. So that's good. Um, the heroes get back, and it's great because they're back in their time, and they're like. Now what? Because none of them knew each other. You know, I mean, they knew each other, but they didn't hang out or anything like that. It's just they were thrown back in time by a fight, right? They're like, well, we're not really a team. We just kind of like worked together because we had to. And like, all right, I guess we should go. And then Fing Fing Foom attacks. And they're like, yeah, one last time for old time's sake. They go fight Fing Fing Foom. And that's how the book ends. So he's a great go to villain. You don't need to take it seriously. (laughs) Just focus on the others on the other characters. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I loved what David did with this run. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of characters that could have used a spotlight. Obviously, when you got characters like Black Knight and Elektra who are involved in other stories, you can't keep them out of time too long. Mm-hmm. So you do have to bring them back. It makes sense. But I thought it was really well done. And I didn't read the previous version of Savage Avengers. Um, right. So... I, I didn't read like the Avengers 1 billion BC or any of that stuff. Yeah. Honestly, it was David's name that made me be like, I'm going to give this a shot. Cause I know if I know one thing about David Pahos, he's going to do something fucking weird and I'm going to love it. <laughs> and he did. And it's great. So great job. Next up Punisher war journal base. <sighs> yeah, baby written by Torn Gronbeck art by Jabril Morissette fan colors by Matt Mia and letter by Corey Petit. This is a story, another story of Frank is back from the war mm-hmm. and just can't get comfortable. And that's such, and it, the whole thing is, is like, it, it's called Punisher War Journal base, but it could just as be easy to be Punisher War Journal home. Right. Because it's like, what is his home? Mm-hmm. Is this his home or is the war his or, home? Or is this just his new base? Yes. And it's him and Maria dealing with it. And it's him, um, it's them going to counseling, like couples counseling. And 
there's actually a really great like like scene right at the beginning with the the counselor um where they make really good points and i was like this is actually a really good counseling session i thought mm-hmm. um basically like um maria's basically like you know this is challenging this is hard for us you know i'm having a hard time because you are you know you're distant and you're ignoring me and you know, this is how I feel. And his response is like, hey, look, we got a roof over our heads. We've got some money in the bank. Kids are healthy. Things aren't perfect, perfect, but just people around the world dying and starving. And she goes, don't do that. She's like, you know, I know how lucky we are. Don't make it sound like I'm some spoiled brat unaware of the horrors in the world. You can't compare everything to the worst of the worst. And I'm like, fuck, that's great. That's good ass writing. Like I was like emotionally blown away by it. And this issue, if anything, just drove home how sad the Punisher story is to me. Yeah. Like it's such a tragedy. And it's just like, even when he had his family, it wasn't good. Right. You you don't, it, you always think like, oh, if, like that's the one thing that would make him not be so, so shitty or so dark. But it's like, that shit was hard then too. Like, Damn it! Uh, I'm, I'm, it sucks that I missed missed on this issue because th- these have been my favorite moments from the Punisher um, mainline. And oh man, this I, I'm gonna hunt this one down. Shit, that's it's really good. Yeah, it's heavy. And cool. He does run into the Russian, <laughs> which is my favorite part of the first Punisher Absolutely, movie. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> um, he he just can't help himself. He has to save some people that are in trouble, and it's really interesting. Um, and there's a dog is what I'll say. <laughs> he has a dog and I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Just, just go in, just go in. Okay. Worry about, uh, worry about the dog as much as you worry about anyone that gets close to the Punisher. <laughs> so yeah, great stuff though. Really great supplement to what's going on in the main book. So next up, and I'm going to talk incredibly briefly about this because that's what I do with this one. Doctor Strange, Fall Sunrise, number four. Trad and Heather Moore. There's the creative team. This book is insane. <laughs> like It's just... The art is fucking bizarre and just so good. And it gets trippier every issue, I swear to God. Like, he keeps <laughs> upping it. I love the third eye imagery. Yeah. Was probably the highlight of the imagery for me. Like just having the the black line painted on, but then the next page has this fucking gigantic eye that's bigger than his other eyes. Like so dope. Really interesting. Great stuff. And the last shot or not the last shot, but the last three or four full page shots, Mm -hmm. all really cool and impactful. I really liked this. Yeah. And I really cannot wait to consume the whole thing. I know. You I know, mean, as like, a whole, so this was it, right? Was was it was it out of four? I don't know. I haven't checked yet. Okay, I I, I thought it was, and I really hope it is because I really I really like the ending I have in my head for 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 Steve. Yeah, it's just it's if if it is how I'm playing it out, and you turn the and and the next three is just everyone else got to have theirs. Yes, yes, it's it's uh, it was just it's it's a great trippy ass epic where you don't have to know who the who the main bad guy is you don't have to like know like if like, like your dr doom or your uh dormammu and like in this case it just it was its own <laughs> multi-layered story where there was a bad guy space space question mark 
next paragraph. It's, um, it's it, it was awesome. Okay, but okay, there's a fight. There's definitely an antagonistic force here, which is one of the coolest fucking transformations ever, ever. <laughs> this this thing touches a sword. House explodes, but not just the house. The sun behind it ignites and cascades down these meteorites of hands that just start grappling onto this person that grabbed the sword and it makes the, the coolest fucking armor and ensues one of the coolest fucking fights. Like, it's just like, it's it's not something that we can, like, explain on, like, okay, like, a plot, like, give me a few read-throughs and it's like, yeah, okay, book club the shit out of this one, absolutely. But your first time around, like, it's it's really something to to behold. Like, I'm showing Keith this page to make sense of how we get to here. It's just right. it's just something to experience to 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 get to here because I'm gonna ramble on. I'm gonna like excite you and bore you at the same time because <laughs> my words aren't the right ones to really comprehend this. And that's like, and that's what I and that's what you'd want in in a Doctor Strange books is, is to not comprehend the 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 madness of like the magic of like where he gets to go out, like outside of the MU. It's awesome outside the the fucking thing the this thing. <laughs> it's, right it's it's, it's a nightmare <laughs> it's, so, it's so good it's so good and the fact that he he was able to do the mission he did it <laughs> dr strange's false sunrise oh look out for this fucking trade it's it's awesome and if they make that treasure size like uh to, to put it right next to my silver surfer black one that that expanded one oh please please yeah definitely <laughs> All right, next up is Planet Hulk World Breaker 4. Written by Greg Pack, penciled by Emmanuel Garcia, inked by Cam Smith, colored by Chris Sotomayor, and lettered by Joe Carmagna. Um, yeah, I thought this one was really interesting. Um, basically, like, again, World Breaker has been the tag and kind of like redefining who is the World Breaker, what, what is happening. Uh, I do like that for the most part, the Hulk family is together. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that we've had a couple issues getting to this point and we're here now. And I think it's, I think it was really well done. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I love Jen, obviously, but I'm also a big Cho fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's really cool. I like the idea that the important thing is that Bruce doesn't engage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, you're too powerful. You don't understand. So I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. Um, we're building to something, definitely. And I'm very curious to see where we're going to go. I'm glad Jin's okay. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> so yeah. I know. It, she, she, yeah, it was pretty uh, open on the last one. So, um, yeah. I, w- when he was talking, like, when he was talking to, 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 his, uh, to his dead wife, I completely forgot about the other one, Hirokala. I forgot about that son. I always Me too. I was thinking about that when I was reading. I was like, is that going to come into play? You know, I was kind of like, hmm. I, I'm curious if it, if it does or how, or, or even like just down the line, like when he'll be utilizing it. Cause I, I do like how he, he compared both of them where like at this point, Scar, I, like through all of his anger, he's bonded with earth. Like he is, he's like with the savage land, he's fucking taking care of it. He's just like the shit. Um, but how he failed with Hirakala and it's like, shit, like kind of like way to get me in like, like uh, curious or this like, uh, get my curiosity going to read the Jeff Loeb long run when I just read so much Hulk. It was like the last chapter I didn't want to go through. But 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 Woolbreaker is 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 really dope. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad they all we're all together. I'm glad that we saw it again. We we're gonna get in the next one, but that uh, Bruce Hulked out again because 
the fact that everybody has like this faded green and then but, but Bruce has retained all of his gamma and he has like this like perfect hue and it's like he, he looks really dope. Yeah, definitely. Because there's just so much power still within him. So oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, great stuff. Speaking of Hulk. Yes. She-Hulk. 10. Uh, I went with this variant. Oh, nice. I considered it. I just like her butt and her legs. So <laughs> I'll be <laughs> frank. Um, yeah, I went with it. So, uh, Written by Rainbow Roll. Art by Takeshi Miyazawa. Colored by Rico Renzi. And lettered by Joe Carmagna. Um, so... <laughs> At least, at least he's not dead. <laughs> so uh, that would have broken us, I think. A little uh, bit. Yeah. So Jack of Hearts is still alive, and they're going to work it out. And I think that's an interesting. That, that's an even more interesting story. Is like she's just starting to be optimistic. It's probably not going to be good in the end, but I'm happy to see it. Also, Hellcat, more Hellcat, please. Thank you. I love her. She's the best. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, a really good issue. A lot of you know dialogue and such. Um, I love the bit with Doombot and Victor Mancha, which is fantastic. Yes, um, the the core case. <laughs> yeah, I like the awesome Andy cameo. Always a good decision. Yep, Andy's always great. Yeah, just a really solid issue. Uh, mostly focusing on the return of Jack of Hearts and the conversation with Hellcat, both of which I really thoroughly enjoyed. So, what do you think? Um, going back to the Hellcat, it's. She has Hellcat saved as Thor on her phone, right? No, no, no. That's Thor trying to hook up with her. Oh, no, that is a message coming into her. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a confusion about that online. I was like, no, no, that's Thor being like, you up? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, and her ignoring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I thought it was like just the joke that she has her that way. And then because then she show, she just shows up. But no, she just ended up calling Patsy instead, which is just like, yeah. Uh, I love this book for all the bonds and like the the Jen and Patsy bond from like ever. And it's just like one of the best friendships. Like it's like your your Peter and and Torch relationships, but like fucking a we we should highlight the Jen and Patsy relationship way more because it's like this best friendship is just one of the best ones in the Marvel universe. It's up there with Spider Woman and Ka- and Carol. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yep, it's a lot like it and really good. And again, people should there should be more friendships in comics. Right. There aren't enough. Not just for team ups, but like, yeah, actual friendships. Yeah. Like hanging out and eating pizza and shit. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why Iron Fist and and Luke Cage always appealed to me as a kid. Because they weren't just saving the day, they're also sitting around eating Chinese food together. Like I really liked that. I thought it was cool. And a lot of it dealt with their personal relationships. And that's we're getting more of that now. And I really like it. I, I, I this has been a great run of She Hulk. I've really enjoyed the ride. And and this issue, like from where we left off, like how heart, how heartbroken we were that she was just like talking to us, but it's just like we didn't want this. Like we're on your side, girl. <laughs> and then this issue, just being like, just being like, where the like, not even where the fuck is he? We're just like at least like fucking like say something. And it's like, I mean, obviously he's trying to figure it out too. But it's like, ah, like now we have to wait one more issue to see like what this talk is about. <laughs> But yeah. Okay. At least he's okay. Uh, my my instinct is that he's gonna be like, listen, I I will absorb your powers if I stick around, and she'll be like, we're going to work this out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think she's gonna let it go that easily, and that's kind of the tragic part of it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like they almost figured it out. So, like, why, why don't they actually bring in like because like they just fucking bounce, but like the two uh antagonists at this one the two villains that we just like let loose that they kind of figured out this power to siphon out draw power here and there what if we work with them 
I mean, that's a really simple answer, but it's not fun, is it? <laughs> so, <laughs> work. I mean, they need the help. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Thor. Uh, Thor 31. Uh, so, the, of course, I got it. Yes. <laughs> Catchphrase, Peach Moko cover. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Um, yeah, I got to get the Peach Moko cover here. Uh, written by Torin Gronbeck and Donnie Cates. Art by Nick Klein. Color by Matt Wilson. Letter by Joe Sabino. Uh, this is a really big issue in that, like, we get some pretty decently sized revelations in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what's going on in hell? With one L, in case anyone's wondering. Um, or Helheim, if you will. And the Ravens, fucking creepy. <laughs> so so well designed. Um, just a lot going on. Uh, the shot of Hella we do get, like at the end, she looks fucking badass, actually. Like, I, I, ah, I love the way oh, she's right. drawn. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just, just that angry look in her eyes, like, fucker. Like, I really like that. Um, Seeing Tooth Hatcher and Tooth Grinder again is always great for somebody who's a big Simonson fan because they were a huge <laughs> part of the Simonson run. And yeah, just a really interesting story. A lot of um, a lot of Jane. Yeah, uh, Jane teasing the fuck out of Odin was one of the best parts. Yes, like Odin yeah. being like put in like in this little corner and like just wanting to lash out, but it's like you're just a hammer, and they, these are the two people that can literally put you down because they can have full control over you. So just zip it, yeah. Odin. Yeah, she's has no respect for him. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, really interesting, and it's obviously it's leading to uh, doom again. <laughs> so more doom. Doom's fighting everybody. So it's been a while since we've had a doom crossover. Maybe That's we're building good, something. Yeah. I doubt that if they were building something, they'd go, "Let's do Thor and Tiger Division." <laughs> like, but still, so good stuff. I uh, really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, next up. Mm-hmm. Strange Academy Finals Oof. number four. I don't know if I can talk about this. <laughs> it's been breaking my heart too much. It makes me so sad. Um, written by Scotty Young, art by Umberto Ramos, colored by Edgar Delgado, and lettered by Clayton Gowles. So, I love the idea that they're they are helping out new orleans when a storm's about to hit Mm -hmm. that's a cool story that you can set specifically in new orleans it's a good way to show the whole like heart of the school that they're all kind of on the same page now and that they're all doing the right thing except for the ones who aren't there obviously um i did enjoy that quite a bit um we get to see the tension between eric and the other two traitors specifically Emily, but a fight with Desi, which was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, oh, I got I got to mention that uh, I don't remember if they mentioned it before, but Shadley's last name being Moonpetal. I can't remember if they had said that, but I love so. that. that. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, but yeah, we get to see Eric basically be like, "Yo, this is fucked, man," and they're like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And he leaves, and he goes back. Um, the scene with Eric and Alvy was so good. Yes. I loved it. And I thought it was the best part of the book until I read Doyle. Doyle <laughs> is the most precious character in the history of comic books. And if anything bad ever happens to Doyle... Marvel, don't you ever fucking touch him. You have to answer to me. Do you hope you understand yeah, that? 
I will demand answers. I will be outside your office with a sign that says, what did you do to Doyle or something like that? Like just, uh, I don't know if I could take it. And it's, it's not going to end well, Josue. Or is it? It's the kind of book series that could end on an optimistic note. Mm-hmm. Because it mean, is like, a Scotty Young book. You know what I mean? Like, right. it could go either way. And I love it. So, what do you think? It's, I, 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 I like, I, I like how we're getting, like, maybe, like, in the, like, the next issue, it's Desi siding over. It seems like every issue, like, um, uh, Emily has been, like, losing a person, like, uh, yeah. each issue. So, I wonder if it's, like, a person just being, like, yo, this just, this just isn't right. Um, it's, ah, fuck, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping she's okay in the end, but I do like her, I do like her, I quite enjoy her villain arc. Um, the beginning, mm-hmm. I want to highlight the beginning of, um, when, god damn it, now I'm losing, when Shay leaves, like, is late for this field trip to try to survive Limbo, and when we just had, like, Dark Web. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was good, I wonder if that was, like, Ileana being like, oh yeah, these kids actually need a refresher course. I wasn't thinking about, uh, about, like, having that, like, uh, on the, on the curriculum. <laughs> I, I love the idea that Ileana's like, all right, the goal of this mission is to not die. <laughs> it's a very Bye. Ileana thing to do. Like, I like that. Until I, until I remember I have the whistle. But yeah, the, the the boys in the end were just absolutely adorable. I love that we're actually just all growing and not just like just still super shitty just because we have to. Um, yeah, I, Marvel, don't touch Doyle. Yeah, it's not dramatic for the sake of being dramatic. No. Like everybody in it is emotionally mature enough to be like, listen, mm-hmm. shit happens. Let's just talk this out and be friends again. And I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> like, so excellent. Good stuff. All right. Next up, we're going to swing over to the streets of New York for some Spider Man comic books. I'm going to start with Deadly Neighborhood Spider Man number five. This is the finale, by the way. Mm-hmm. So if you're ready to read it, it's all there. Written by Taboo and B. Earl, art by Juan Ferreira, and letter by Travis Lanham. So they're in this dream plane. Let me just show you. This is the first shot of this issue. What? What? Right? Oh, what? Just how fucking metal is that shit? You know what I mean? Like That could be a metal band cover or album cover. Just straight up. Just put a name on it that you can't read. And that's it. Um... This shot, just like the art of this book is insane. Uh, So Peter gets stabbed by like a a skeleton spider thing. Mm -hmm. Um, He kills it. The the girl he's with, the girl that he met, gets covered in the stuff and it starts swirling around her. And it does this to her. That's cool. Yeah, so give you a better look at it. That's really cool. She gets powers of her own, and together they're able to escape the dream plane, the astral plane, whatever it is, to get away from the demon bear. And uh, they're back in the real world, and she still has the powers, it looks like, maybe? And she goes by the codename Dream Spider. Ah, nice. That's cool. And, And... Peter's like, well, I got to go back to New York. Bye. (laughs) Basically. So he leaves and maybe that sets something up for the future. If it's supposed to be in continuity, we'll see. Um, Also, they're friends they went to Joshua tree with. (laughs) 
because <laughs> they that's how they got to the astral plane okay. they wake up in the desert and they're like where the fuck is peter basically <laughs> which is really funny i liked that so really i really enjoyed this it's i'm so curious because i want to sit down and take all the books that taboo and Bior wrote together and read them all because i really like their style and i think it'd be really interesting to like take them in as one mm-hmm. so um also, there's a there's a line in there about something being metal. P- Peter makes a metal joke. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't see Peter listening to metal, but sure. <laughs> so, all right. Next up, our next eight-legged book. Hostway, talk to me about Carnage number 10. Okay. Written by Ron B. Art by Francesco Mano. Coloring by Eric Arcinega. Uh, and lettering by Joseph Eno. So, we're in uh, Native Valier. Um, and Carnage was able to uh, make Jordan, Jordan, uh, Jordan, uh, the last, the last uh, dwarf to forge the Necrosword from the last Codex that was that Malekith had. Well, it's gonna be different. And uh, Jordan is is just is doing this, but he's not gonna let it happen. And with the help of Weasley, little fucking. God damn it, I still do not like this character because he's just he's supposed to be shitty. But Neely, Kenneth Neely, the serial killer. At this point, he's actually turned around and does not want to be a serial killer anymore um, and does not want to follow Carnage anymore. He sides with the dwarf. Shit and got real, of shit course. Got and he's just like, real. fuck this. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so um, Jordan basically tells him, like, yo, how we forge this is we open up, basically we open up the, um, the gravitational pull when, like, meteorites that can, like, to, to power up like the to forge up the Uru, uh, we open up this window, uh, this gravitational pull window to bring in these uh, um, meteors to crash down, um, and we just have to do like basically do like a little bit, or else like it just rains down fucking fire. Um, so, uh, so basically, that's that, that's the plan. Um, at this point, J- uh, Jonathan Shade shows up at Crashlands, and it's like, yo, like they're here. We just need to, we just need to make it, make it to them. It's get it's it's that it's at that point it's about to be forged, and Neely pulls open the window, and yeah, it just rains down all the fucking fire. It's too much for Carnage because um, it's not just simple fire where he's, he was supposed to be immune. Um, right. It's it really weakens him, and they were able to put him like in this like in the, in this bubble and literally set to die, like leave to die. He's that that's it. But Jonathan Shade shows shows up. And basically, like, he's already, like, he doesn't know that Neely would basically turn himself in at this point. Um, He doesn't know this. He just already doped up with rage, probably because he does have a portion of Cletus in him. Um, And he goes to go, he reaches for, for the symbiote. And Jordan is like says like screams out don't, but at this point like once once they link, it resurges Carnage, and absorbs like the the leftover. Not that Cletus is back in Carnage, uh, but it's that's what's able to to juice juice him up again, and just kills everything. And this is his new form after all the power ups, and instead of the Necro Sword, it's more of a staff, and instead of the uh-huh. all instead of the all black, it's the all blood at this point. That's a lot of spikes. It's a lot of horns. Uh, he did go through hell to earn all this. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, he kills the last dwarf. 
Um, and it's like I called it at this point. Everything, all the psyches did swap, and he basically uh, it, it, he absorbs in an unconscious uh, Jonathan Shade and deems him a worthy host for the for the for the Carnage symbiote. Meanwhile, next up. All eyes on Weasley, Little Neely. That it was all his fault that opened up the window and almost killed him. Um, and Neely's like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Where's that fucking Rubik's cube that the dwarf that the dwarf gave me for like the escape route?" He triggers it, and wouldn't you know it? I can't remember how it worked. Where he said like, "Just pick where you want to go," or it's just where you, where you. I'll look it up again. How he explained it, but it's just like an an, an, an escape device, and it teleports him all the way back to Earth, all the way back to Earth. At Ravencroft, right in front of actual Cletus Cassidy. Of course. Yeah. So, oh man, we'll see. <laughs> that's so interesting because there's a book I read that you don't that we're going to talk about in a moment, and Ooh. that's going to play into some interesting stuff. So. Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So nice. All right. Uh, well, then after that is the most awkward transition between books ever. <laughs> Spider-Man Double Trouble number four, written by Mariko Tamaki and Vida Ayala, art by Guri Hiru, and letter by Corey Petit. Uh, they wrap up this story with Miles and Peter, uh, done in Guri Hiro style, which is really great. Uh, speaking of which, Guri Hiro is doing the art for the Jeff the Shark comic, yes. which I'm very excited about. Um, they have to stop Thanos, and obviously he's incredibly powerful. With with all the villains cheering him on and being like fanboying over Thanos the entire time, which is great. <laughs> um, they capture Thanos in the little cup that captured Miles earlier in the story. Okay, and just fucking hurl it into space, basically. And they're like, "Well, that's good enough," and they just move on. There's two moments with Venom. This version of Venom, by the way, is S tier. I love him so much. Um, there is. I'm trying to find the first one because the beginning. Literally, they're outside the the villain convention, right? And um, he literally just walks by for one panel carrying a bunch of food. And he says, in what dimension do you think you can defeat Thanos? And then he's gone again. Like They're like, yeah, good point. And he's just like this shitty friend. And I really like that because he's Peter's roommate. He gets home. Oh, by the Peter, Peter broke into his room to steal a rocket launcher that Venom had stolen from Peter. <laughs> so he gets home and Venom's like, did you go in my room? <laughs> and he's like, hey, listen, I had to. So Venom goes into Peter's room and eats a tablet. <laughs> and it's just like, you broke the roommate code. This is the penalty. <laughs> That's so good. And then you see the cup floating through space. It's captured. And someone adds it to his collection. Aha. Now there's some there's some great shit in here, uh, including um, Loki's scepter. Ooh, okay. Star Lord's mask. Uh huh. There is the Loki Gator. Loki Gator. No. There's the cup. Uh huh. Jeff the shark is in here somewhere. No. Yeah, right here. You monster! He's <laughs> <laughs> just holding the window, reaching for the gator. Yeah. So lots of fun. I'm excited for the next the next one, the Jeff Shark. I, I love Jeff the Shark. He's the best. So, oh my god, great stuff! And our final Spidey book is the Spidey book, Amazing Spider-Man number twenty. Yes, written by Joe Kelly, penciled and colored by Terry Dodson, with inks by Rachel Dodson, and letter by Joe Caramagna. We are continuing the big date, the big bestseller with, arc 
Yes, it is the best filler arc. It really is. Um, with Felicia and Peter and the whole, like, we're on a date. Are we on a date? And White Rabbit just making it worse, which is my favorite part. So psycho. I actually really like White Rabbit now. Like, yeah. she was always a character I was just kind of like, ah, she's fine. But this whole thing where she's just like, I'd bang Peter or I'd bang Spider-Man. It's just kind of like, you want to bang me, Spider-Man? Like, and he's like, no. <laughs> like, I, I love that whole thing. Um, fighting these, like, you know, villains, these, like, piecemeal villains, basically, which aren't a real threat. You know what I mean? I think that's fun. It made it less stressful of a story and you can just kind of have fun. Yeah. Because it's really about their relationship. That's what right, it's you about. Can, you can, we can focus more on the conversation uh, between them two because it's really the most yeah. important part that we all need to get updated on. Yeah. Um, I said it before. I'll say it again. The way the Dotsons draw Black Cat, it's pretty much perfect. <laughs> like, uh, So I, I'm always here for that. And yeah, they kind of resolve like, what's what's going on? What the, the, how, Resolve is a word, I guess. Yeah, they're more open with themselves and they're more coming to grips with the fact that this is a thing. And he has to address the fact that he still has feelings for MJ, but those feelings might've changed, which I thought was a good way to put it. Yeah. And it's a really good companion for the MJ black cat book, uh, which is not quite done yet. So Mm -hmm. I kind of wish we'd finished that before we got this. I've said that last issue though. In the other way. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, really good. A lot of fun. Again, Spidey Black Cat. If you made a Spidey Black Cat team up book, I'd read it. Yo, like, I just know, so. right? Like, yeah, even, even team up name for like a mini, but even a good limited run, like a, a good like lengthy limited run would be really good. Just yeah. explore them together. Why not? She she adds, like he is he is a very funny character, but she adds a different level of humor and a different level of playfulness, mm-hmm. and she also makes him nervous. <laughs> yes. Which makes his character that much more fun. That's why that com- the group works. You know what I mean? The two of them work. Right. I think so. Yeah, I really like it. So, anything you want to add? Oh, um, did yours come like this? Like, mine, there's, like, not a code missing because it got stapled onto the actual page. And I don't want to peel it to find out if the code is actually on here. No, mine's fine. That happens sometimes. That, uh, it hasn't happened like that. But sometimes it's, like, off-center or sometimes it's not even on there. Mm-hmm. So that happens. That sucks, though. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no. It's so, so I'm like, I'm curious, like, uh, like, because the, the next arc is actually getting the the answer. We're we're finally getting into the arc of like finding out what happened to Peter and to that point MJ as well from the beginning of the Zeb Wells run. Um, why why does everybody hate Peter? why does everybody hate Peter? So it's kind of like I was like. Not that we're going back to MJ, but it's just like, oh, like the, we're leaving this relationship here now. It just feels just like kind of like, ah, oh, like why now? Because like, I'm just getting comfortable here. But now we're taking like now, now, now it's the flashbacks turn. God damn it. it. It was weird that literally the point of this was to be like, okay, let's define their relationship. Okay, they're going to be together. And then I turn the page and this is the cover for the next issue. Yeah. It's, that, that was very strange. <laughs> but um, and yeah, I, the code is on the page. That's hilarious. It is. <laughs> so, um, I, I think it's cool because I think they did a good job of defining the relationship for us. So, yes. I don't have an expectation of him running back to her or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just, I think they were like, hey, this is where we're at. Just so you know, if it, um, if it's, uh, it, this might change in the future, but this isn't what the story we're telling right now. You yeah. know, it was very much telling us what's going on, what to expect. I think they did a good job of that. So nice. 
All right. Well, that takes us to our favorite island country. <laughs> Let's go to Krakoa. Yes. And we're going to start with Deadpool number four. Uh, I got the Pym Particles cover, which is Deadpool riding a pigeon, fighting rats and roaches. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, so... Uh, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Martin Kokolo, color by Niraj Manon, and letter by Joe Sabino. Um, they're still fighting at the, the zoo. Uh, Harrower and Doc Ock versus uh, Deadpool with Valentin Wong there. And uh, I do have to just quickly point out, like, one of my favorite Deadpool asides. Like, it's literally the first page, and it's just like, yeah, this is what's going on. And the Deadpool's like, something's been bothering me, though. And he, like, turns to the camera and it talks about the three animal uh, uh, mascots for the zoo from the last one. Okay. You might remember were Vita the fin- Venus flytrap, <laughs> Leah the lion, and Teeny the tiger. Uh-huh. He's like, the zoo has a, fe- a Venus flytrap mascot, but a Venus flytrap's not an animal, right? And then it's Harrow being like, who's he talking to? <laughs> and then <laughs> Doc Ock is like, he does this all the time. You learn to tune it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they have a big fight. Deadpool fights them. It's really cool. Um, you might remember Deadpool has a symbiote now. Uh, oh, yeah. That he named Renesmee. Mm-hmm. Because, because he's a Twilight fan. It's by far the best use of the word or the name Renesmee. I'll give it that. Um, but he's fighting. Uh, Lady Deathstrike shows up. And um, yeah. This happens. <clears throat> with the symbiote. And it starts like coming out of him, and uh, Harrower calls it over. It says, "Come to mommy," and it runs over, yelling, "Mommy, mommy, mommy, mommy!" What? It looks familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Basically, she takes it, and uh, Valentine has to team up with Lady Deathstrike at the end of it to basically go save the day. Um, the symbiote is put into a, like a, a seed pod and it hatches and out comes Cletus Cassidy. Oh, what the fuck? Carnage is back. Wait, what? Yeah. That's why I was like, well, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the symbiote is, is Carnage, essentially. Huh. Well, damn it! Now I gotta fucking read the Deadpool now too. <laughs> it's been really good. Just looking at Valentine is totally worth it because they're so adorable. So yeah, good book though. Really, really good. I, I, it's, it's a really good run of Deadpool, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of Deadpool, so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a big compliment for me. So it's like my Harley Quinn with Stephanie run. Like I don't like Harley Quinn, but I love this run. So next up, Sabretooth and the Exiles. Yeah. Uh, number four, written by Victor Laval, art by Leonard Kirk, colors by Rain Burrito, and letter by Corey Petit. Um, yeah, the exiles are, you know, doing the thing. They're going after all these different bases that Orcus is using to experiment. Um, we deal with a lot of little personal Im- information. Uh, I like Toad's a little bit of being kind of like, no one, no one likes me. No one wants me to do things. Yeah. Um, the highlight of this book, if anyone wants to place a guess, you want to place a bet who was the highlight of this book? It's Nanny again. Um, 
the part where Third Eye and Box are talking. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what's so dangerous? They need to keep it out here. And Third Eye looks both ways and whispers, babies, babies as small as the text could possibly be. And she pops around the corner like Kramer on Seinfeld. Did somebody say babies? I will be joining the boarding party, of course. <laughs> like, and I'm like, Nanny is the best. She is the wacky neighbor. <laughs> like, it's so weird to me. Like, like again, if you know the origin of Nanny, <laughs> just to be where we are is just bizarre. But we do find out who is the big bad. And I love this because this is a throwback and I absolutely adore it. Graydon Creed. Do you know who Graydon Creed is? It's supposed to be, it's his son, right? Do you know his mom is? No. Mystique. Oh, get the fuck out. He's the child of two of the most famous mutants, and he was born a human. Oh. Yes. So that... And he was a major bad guy for the X-Men for a long time. Um, So, half-brother of Nightcrawler, which is a whole thing. Adopted brother of Rogue. Like, it literally, his entire family are mutants. Famous mutants. And he's quote just a flat scan so uh, don't say that <laughs> yeah and he hates it <laughs> like so this is going to be an interesting arc and the fact that it looks like he's been going through the multiverse killing all the victor creeds mm-hmm. is very interesting i'm very curious to see where that's going to go does that mean there's no saber out there now <laughs> like you know what i mean like so yeah really really cool i'm enjoying it what do you think um god it's also orphan maker like does he does he not like the new suit or or like he seems very like just not not into it right now? The fact that he's just like what does he say? The fact that he says like oh, Krakoa, oh he's just Krakoa sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were thrown in prison in Krakoa. I mean, like I can see from their perspective, Krakoa sucks. But it's like no, but it's even that it's like he shows like oh sup, but it's like did you just say the word sup? My word. <laughs> and even like I forget who she is, and she's like oh I like the new suit. You look smooth. Yeah, it's cool, I guess. Like, there's something up with Orphan Maker. And it's like, it's the funniest, but it's like, if I laugh, he's going to think that I'm laughing at him. And I don't want that to happen, but <laughs> it's just so good. It's like, his character progression. Remember, that's what they've been telling is he's hit that teenage at, like, yeah. feel. And he's been pushing back against Nanny. And she's like, what the fuck is this? She's like, no, you fucking don't. And I love it. It's so good. Right. Oh, and the other part is like, because yeah, they say thank you or you like, can sit here. And it's like, oh, well, we'll behave kids. Did you hear this, Peter? Yes, Nanny. Very funny. Oh, you're not listening at all. <laughs> he's really good. I fucking love Over Maker. And I hope he never opens. But just but at least open up. At least open up with Orphan Maker. You would think with everything they've been able to do with the resurrection protocols and stuff, they would find a way to let him not live in a suit. You know what I mean? Like, but I guess because he is a criminal, they're just kind of like, not our fucking problem. <laughs> just Revive him in the suit. <laughs> put him in the pit, you know, fuck him. <laughs> like, so yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Two books left. We're talking about a number one now. Oof. Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, number one. Catchphrase time, Peach Momoko cover. <laughs> yes, we both got it. Of course we did. We're suckers. We're kind of predictable. Yeah. Um, so, written by Teeny Howard. Welcome back, Teeny. We missed you. Uh, drawn by Vasco Georgiev. Colored by Eric Arsenega. And lettered by Ariana Mayer. I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. There's so much I love about this book. I cannot express enough how much I love this book. <laughs> so, uh, let's just run through the highlights of why I like it. Betsy and Rachel being cute as fuck. A. Yes. Example A. So cute. 
Um, Jamie Braddock just being himself, always fun. Carrying their fucking house and just tossing it up in the air because he's Jamie Braddock and he's a piece <laughs> of shit. Um, Megan doing the whole like, oh, I love talking to the press. Like, I, I loved that bit. I thought that was really great. She's funny. Um, also, Pete Wisdom, motherfucker. This is one of my favorite, low-key one of my favorite Marvel characters, and to see him come back is so cool, cool. because he's just like such a great character. He is in so many ways the dark but not evil like double of Captain Britain. Okay. Of the original Captain Britain, Brian. Because Brian is like a superhero. He's the Superman type and he represents the UK. But Pete Wisdom also represents the UK. <laughs> he represents like the dark underbelly of the UK. He's the spy the UK needs. And their comparison is always great. So I love when they're in books together. And I love when he plays off the whole Braddock family. Like he's just... Ah, I love Pete Wisdom. So I'm really happy that he's here as along with the rest of Strike, of course. So... um. But yeah, also, I got to give a shout out to my boy Micromax. <laughs> Microman. Mi- Micromax. Micromax. <laughs> um, a former member of Excalibur. Oh, nice. And, and now a race trader. Thanks, Micromax. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, what a great start. I love it. I love that it's going to be like this interdimensional thing. We're going away from the Avalon stuff mm-hmm. to more of like the Captain Britain's across the multiverse, which is still a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I really, really think it's really cool. Um, and again, they're just so cute together. It's just adorable to see them together, like laying in bed together and uh, <laughs> Rachel wearing the, the Summer's Family yep, Reunion shirt. <laughs> oh, and uh, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. I was so excited to see Faiza Hussan because Faiza is a character that no one knows about, mm-hmm. but is incredibly important because she's the current wielder of Excalibur in the 616. Oh, um, nice. This was done in New Excalibur. No, Captain Britain MI-13? Yeah, Captain Britain MI-13. She was trained by Black Knight, by Dane. Sick. And the whole thing with Excalibur, if I remember the lore correctly in Marvel, is you can wield it until you use it to draw blood, basically. And Faze is a pacifist. She's a doctor. That's awesome. So she's never going to use it in that way. And she's basically a civilian that's just thrown into this world. So I love her. If we see more of her, this like will elevate the book so much for me. Uh, so I want to make sure to point her out because she's great. We should read that series, Captain Britain and My 13. It's only like 12 issues. That'd, that'd we should read that at some point because it's got some of my favorite pieces of art ever. Like, it's great. Um, and then, of course, I mean, Yeah. We're setting up a big bad, uh, which I thought was really interesting that we're going to um, we're going to go that direction is what I'll say, because (laughs) how do I put this? She makes a really good point, (laughs) I guess is what (laughs) I'll say, because um, basically she's like they fucking like she's like I'm Morgan Le Fay, right? Like fucking apocalypse like cut me up and like mm-hmm. like all this shit they did to me and she's like i didn't really deserve any of this shit like and she's like now i'm gonna get revenge i'm like yeah you fucking get them like <laughs> she, i'm like they didn't really kind of fuck you over didn't they like uh yeah so I'm, she's kind of sympathetic in that way but she's also morgan lefay so as an Arthurian person i'm like fuck morgan lefay but yeah um really good i really liked it what do you think 
Um, okay, first of all, when I read the cast uh, page, and was like, "Wow, that's that's a lot of Braddock." It, says, it might be it might be too much Braddock for a book, but no, it, it, obviously everybody's fantastic. Um, I'm surprised they didn't put uh, Megan and um, and his uh, daughter. Oh, right. She's also. I was like, throw another one in there. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that we're actually gonna get. Not that she wasn't there, but it's like, but that cast is also like very much u- utilized. Uh, to its potential, but uh, uh, Rachel, like referring to, to X Factor, um, but Rachel just being just like at least like get to like to chill, get to do like also superhero shit. Like, like the fact that she's like wanting to tap into like the multiversal uh, Phoenix Force to draw to draw from it. That's a fucking dope projectile move um, that she's like trying to own in because it's not it doesn't seem like it's gonna work every time. Um, but that was that was that was a dope reference. I fucking love Rachel so much, and then more so now because of kind of what I just read on my side time. Um, but the <laughs> other thing um, I wanted to reference. Oh yeah, no, it's like the that that cliffhanger. The you were talking about how um, what's his what's his name? Um, it was like the opposite to Captain uh, Captain Britain. Wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah, thank you. And the captain that Morgan wants to bring into the fold against uh, Betsy. It's gonna be very interesting on who this who who this person is. Yeah, because it's. I'm all, very I would love to see these two characters play out, and we have like that tease for the the next cover. But it's just like, why would they be butting heads? But it's like it almost makes sense on like what you said, like these like two of the same, but are gonna be like almost antagonistic to, towards each other on like their views. But it's like, oh god, it's it's, it's very interesting. It's honestly a, a very good start to to I guess like the next series to the magical side of Krakoa. Yeah. Which I've been missing, to be honest. Like, because mm-hmm. it's different. It's completely different than the other ones. And from Excalibur to was it to Knights to Well, no, I mean, I mean, like the magical side. I mean, in general, it's different than oh. all the other X books. It's mm-hmm. like a different, a nice variety. Yes. You know what I mean? Reminds me of like early Krakoa, where we were like, yeah, we got the superhero book of X Men, but then we have like a detective story with X Factor, and you know, we have the magical story, and you know, like that was really cool. I really liked that. So. Nice. All right. Well, let's talk about our final book. Let's go over to those sins of sinister and talk about immoral X-Men number one <laughs> written by Karen Gillan, pencil by Paco Medina, inked by Walden Wong and Victor Olazaba, colors by J. David Ramos and Chris Sotomayor, lettered by Clayton Cowles. Yeah. So, um, it's really just, I mean, it, it is kind of what it says on the tin. It is the immortal X-Men characters but in this world uh specifically heavy focus on emma mm-hmm. um which is great because she's one of my favorites um i love sinister ma- making a clone of himself because no one else knows how to make tea and to sinister it makes more sense to make a clone to make his tea than to just make his own tea <laughs> Like, because it's obviously drawing on his intellect to make the tea. It's not like he programmed it to know how to make tea. Well, he needs a he needs a literal conversation piece. <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, I need a wall to talk to, basically." And then the dude melts, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't trust you." Like, that's just the most sinister scene I can ever think of in a comic book. Like, I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's him. That's the dude." Um, but yeah, we get to see like a. I think one of the cool things about this is we're going to see, especially in this book, the really dark side of some of these characters, the potential, like Emma's yeah. real dark side mm-hmm. is fucking horrifying. Oh yeah. Like I really like, she scares the shit out of me. Um, the three headed 
Cyclops Madrox Chimera. No. That's fucked. I don't like that at all. Um, there's a lot of weird chimeras in this one, which is really good. Also, Emma's very dominatrixy in some of these situations. Oh, hell yes. And I was kind of like, all right. She literally has him on a chain and everything, which is really interesting. Making him kneel like, the whole time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see this angle and the fact that just how much Sinister has fucked himself over. <laughs> Which is fun because it is his fault, um, but yeah, I really liked it. What do you think? Um, we we get to see like the first, like not the first time, but at least like the first in canon in timeline uh, canon reveal of Rasputin, like how he had he's had the right before right before he's gonna kill him. She's like, yo, well, wait, have, I'm developing like the new um, five Chimera prototype, and it's like it looks like it's her. Yeah, um, yeah, God, this should this is really good. Um, this timeline is just so is so screwed up. <laughs> this timeline is so screwed up, and the fact that it's like, is this like the real one going back to Hawksbox? Because because of Rasputin, but it's like, or or is that just like now like in the fixed wave of the present future? Uh, ah, yeah. timeline like like was Rasputin always going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting, and I I actually really did like that. It was a very much uh, Emma focus when this very much seemed like it was gonna be like the, the sinister book but it seemed like he he got his and he fucked it up so it's, now it's time for everyone else's turn and it's also completely 100 his fault for making them still be themselves through like the 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 diamond because then he just he, it's, it's like he said like I, I let the leash loose like a little, a little too loose and now he can't like really yeah there's no stopping them at this point yeah you see the bit where Ex- the sinister xavier feels bad about what he's doing yes and you're kind of like, hmm, like that's interesting. Um, I don't like the, the. That's the only thing I don't like about the book, honestly. Is there's like a slight, there's a slight, uh, like, I guess what I would say is like um, projection that maybe Emma's just evil and just hides it in, holds it in, mm-hmm. because she has no problem doing this versus Xavier, who's done some fucked up shit in the past, and we're very well aware, Yeah, is like, I feel sad. And it's just like, that's the one thing I didn't like. I was, I was kind of like, don't make him out to just be like, like instinctively a bad person. That bothers me a little mm-hmm. bit. So, But other than that, I loved it. It was really, really great. But even then, like, it, it never came off like she was doing it, at least like in this case, like anything she really pushed uh, on the page it was just like towards other villains. Like she had mastermind and control. Yeah. Sure, that, that, that was immoral, but it was never towards like any like civilians. Yeah, I get that. And part of it is the fact that, um, I mean, if you think about Xavier, the, when he does horrible things, he justifies it to himself. Exactly. And he's sad and upset that he had to do it. He's like, I didn't mean to, or I didn't want to have to erase all of your minds, but I had to. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing I, I do like to think of in that situation is I was kind of like, I can see him being sad, being like, Oh, poor me. I, I don't want to do this to people. And Emma being like, grow the fuck up. <laughs> Basically like, I do appreciate that. So I give it, I give it a pass there. I just, I love Emma so much that I'm, I always leery that they're going to make her bad again. And so I'm always on the look for it. So, <laughs> but yeah, nice. All right. Well, that's the books of the week. What else have you been reading? I finished age of apocalypse. Yay. I knew you would. Holy shit. I fucking love this series. dude. I, I love this event for all of it. It's just bonkersness. Like I'm a little sad that I was like, this is like, this is something I missed out on. Like in like for like the times, like this would have been so fucking sweet. Like to just like 
at least like be comprehensive, like, or go, seeking it out or like, no, being in the know of like, yo, this is like changing it up. Like the, the status quo. Cause this was like a lot. <laughs> it was so much. Uh, yeah. The fact, the fact that I, last week I left off before getting to Omega. So the fact that I highlighted uh, Gen Next and uh, Weapon X and the fact that it's like, it literally goes like even worse for both of those books in the end um, with uh, Gene dying steps away from fucking, from Logan showing up and it's like, of course, the tragedy, Scott, whatever. Um, But (laughs) God damn it, that that tragedy is like, they they, they couldn't have each other. This sucks. Yeah. and, and Havoc, well, god damn it, what a fucking psycho. Like, Jesus Christ, Alex got, <laughs> got rid so, not bad, but god damn it, they really just hate on him so bad, so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then going to the other one, to Gen Next, uh, holy shit, Colossus just losing it, trampling through Kitty. Like, dude, <laughs> dude, how? Yeah. I, I mean, like, rightfully, it's like, he didn't know that, Ileana could even come back from that, but well, I mean, even even that too. Like, you can't. I mean, could you even blame him? Like, what he had to go through of leaving everyone behind, leaving everyone behind just for this plot device, and then he had to let her go too. Like, yo, fucking, like, I get why he'd lose it, but Kitty not staying solid—that was brutal. That was fucked up, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's fucked up. I just think it's, uh, especially after you read Jin next mm-hmm. and the way the fourth one ended with him apparently making an effort, but to me, not really, not enough of one in my not opinion. Enough of what- <laughs> and the worst part about that was remember, fucking um, uh, Kitty was the one that said, I will go back. Yeah. And, and he said, No, I'll do it. I'll now, here's the it. thing. If she had gone back, she could have phased through the in door. In and out, in and out. Yep. Yeah. So that all that, and he's dealing with that, and then he kills her too. That's some grim shit, man. Like I was like, yeah. holy fuck. Like, yeah. What a what a book. Like, uh. <laughs> and so and so after that, I continued on to um, the companion because I was reading them back and forth. So, and so I basically, and so as I was reading back and forth, cause the first half of it, um, just had some of the in between pieces, but I was actually really surprised. I was, I was curious what else was after finishing it. Cause the way I piece it together, I put tabs, it was a lot of, um, like post, uh, chapters involving the, uh, age of apocalypse storyline. So, uh, right after that, it actually gave, uh, gave, uh, gave me X-Men prime, which is just like the next thing after everything got back together. Uh, so yeah, it's, cool, yeah. it's cool getting the storyline. Yeah, like it's, it's at the mansion, but Bishop is just having these like mental whiplashes of like the Age of Apocalypse. So when he sees when he turns the corner, he just just sees uh, Cyclops and Beast together. So he just pounces on them and it's just like holy shit! Like it's yeah. like the hooch is crazy, but it's like Bishop, which is <laughs> <Hooch is> crazy. <laughs> like yes. Bishop. Um, and then after that, it was uh, what else did I read? Uh, X Man. Because I guess yeah, because he stayed over in the in the six one six. So I I got to read um, his. Did they reveal everybody that okay. stayed and that came over? Um, well, I mean, it was yeah, it was Sugarman and um, Nemesis. Um, yeah, we're not saying that word. <laughs> Nemesis went over um, in the and, and Dark Beast of course. And, and Dark Beast, so. yeah, yeah. Those are the four survivors. And those are the four, yeah. yeah. Um, so we got two, three technically. 
four, but the negative one was part of the actual event. So I got the annual where he actually got to go back in time and got to like chill with Forge and Magneto for a second. I loved that one actually. The annual was, was really sick. And then it was, and then back in the present when he, he had a team, uh, not a team up, but uh, yeah, I guess a team up with um, 616 uh, Scott and Gene. It was an X Man. Where fucking is it? 50, 53 and 54. Um, yeah. and, and those and those are cool. It's just like I'm curious. Like, wait, what? Ha- so, what happened to him? Did he die or go back? Uh, he was around forever, dude. Oh, really? Wait, where's he now? He was in. Um, he was in San Francisco with them. He was in the New Mutants. Oh, no shit. I, 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 yeah, I have to catch up on on his storyline because I, I yeah, got- no, he he was around for a long time. Um, I'm trying to remember if in because he was around for Schism. I know shit. I got. I got to dig into into him because it, yeah. it, it was cool. It's just like I, god damn it. The, the there was a crossover I didn't read called Age of X Men, and I think that's the last time we saw him. And I don't remember what that was, but I think that was immediately pro pre Krakoa. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Okay, so um, what was I gonna say? Um, god, like just like just the offsprings, the, the summers offsprings. It's just god damn it. Like what a wacky. <laughs> set of placements on like who's who how to how who came from what incubation god the summers anyway and moving on uh the other the other chapters um th- this was actually a lot of fun um exiles 1661 where we actually got to see um saber um and blink get to reunite again and yeah i really like the story i mean all the, the rest of the cast is really cool the, the exile storyline was, was actually really cool we need we need to read exiles Exile i think that'd fun. be the most I think that would be the most fun thing for us to read. It, it, it was, it was a, a very curious too, and, and and made sense. There's there's a that's where the actual name Mora is, and like you made that comment of like that there's Namorita yeah. Namora. So like, well, there's there's Namora and Namorita in six one six too. So yeah, yeah, but okay. that's a whole thing. So. <laughs> that's a whole other other thing. Um, and then the big one. There's it also included the tenth anniversary Age of Apocalypse. Um, I guess sequel to it. Oh God, you read that? I was gonna warn you. <laughs> It really ruins it, doesn't it? Like, it, especially because of the two that I highlighted. Exactly because of the two, the two that I highlighted. Why would you do that? It's such character assassination. It pissed me the fuck off. Like, we're talking about Husk, right? Um, I mean, like, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was like the whole because uh, Paige was able basically came back and yeah. then and then yeah and then. They revived Gene uh, for the Phoenix. Well, yeah, that that part. I mean, whatever. But the the yeah, Paige Husk, just yeah, the dumbest character assassination for no reason whatsoever. That is literally one of my least favorite comics I've ever read. And, I was so and angry. It's because like, there's so many great pages from Chris Bach- uh, Bachalo that it's just like yeah, I was just like I didn't know how to feel about it at the end. Just like why. <laughs> why is the correct reaction <laughs> it was just a good good old why um it just it just it, i the fact that it's like i i picked those two out of, out of like the eight books that were like around for age of apocalypse it's like oh you know obviously gen next was just like it was just straight up awesome um so it's easy to pick up that one but then like fuck like but like for like my number two it just had to be uh Weapon X, and it's just like, oh, well, and that was like the end, like the, the cherry on top towards the end of like to bring Jean Grey. It's like, they're not, no, don't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, 
fine. The one, the one book we haven't talked about, mm-hmm. and I want uh, not much, but I want to bring up because there's a moment I love in Amazing X Men. Okay, where they end up fighting Abyss. Yes, and the whole scene with Banshee sacrificing himself. Yeah, was fucking cool. The art in that was fucking cool. Like that was some twisted shit. I remember as a kid being like, that was like one of the most disturbing things I've seen. Like in comics at that point, it was fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did I include um, before I get to the last ones? Yeah, it was Prime Annual. All right, and just like the little chat, a little chapter for Endangered Species, just to get a little update of like about Dark Beast, basically. Yeah. Um, and then the what ifs. Um, the there's like the three what ifs. Uh, I don't even remember the what ifs. To be honest with you. Yeah, it's like, oh, what if uh, Legion had killed Magneto instead? Oh my god, that one was hilarious because it's it, it's basically um, ecstatics. If if what if, yeah. what if what if Legion had killed Magneto, uh, Xavier grow, uh, basically goes on to develop ecstatics. Like they're all freaking divas, and I thought that was so hilarious. Like yeah, basically, it, 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 it gets <laughs> real, and they can't fucking hack it. Uh, God damn it, <laughs> that, that that was hilarious. And then the other one, what if uh, Age of Apocalypse had not ended? Um, I actually like the art style to this one. Oh God, no, the art style was cool up until. Oh God, this is what I tweeted. About. I'm not sure if you caught it. It's the one where uh, Galactus arrives, and it's like, can they can they actually hack Galactus after Apocalypse? But uh, it's the one where where this what if ships uh, Pietro and Gwen Stacy, and I hated every second of that. No, <laughs> no. I mean, no. I just want Gwen to be happy. <laughs> I don't want Pietro to be happy. No, with <laughs> no, you did not deserve her. And then the other one is a uh, what if. Um, uh, X-Men Age, Age of Apocalypse? What the fuck was this one? Oh, Legion had killed... Oh, what if Legion had killed Magneto and Xavier? Um, <laughs> just royally <laughs> fucked the whole thing up. <laughs> uh, it, it's just bad. Uh, oh, uh, basically X-Men uh, turns into Apocalypse. Yeah. I, I like the idea. The one thing that does imply is that for mutant kind to really succeed, they needed both Xavier both. and yes. Magneto. Yeah. So that's really cool. It was, I would have I would have warned you about that that uh, sequel though. I apologize because it's here. it's fucking bad, dude. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! Yeah, that was <laughs> whatever. I'm glad I took it all in, like everyone else, though. Yeah. Nice. Anything else? No, no. It was, it was tackling these two. I've been tackling these two omnibuses for like the this good portion of this month. Nice. Um... So I haven't read much, mostly D and D stuff, uh, prepping for uh, another campaign, which we're going to get to. Um, I did get my audible credit. And so I went to buy the next Harry Pratchett book. It's not out yet. It comes out the end of next month. So, Mm. uh, I'm actually sitting on two credits right now. Um, because I returned a book I didn't really want anymore and I'd never listened to. Um, and so now I'm trying to figure out what I want to listen to. And I have a bunch of options and I made a list and I haven't decided yet. So we will see uh, what, which one it's going to be. Uh, but other than that, I also, I've been reading a lot of web comics is the other thing. Nice. Um, so I caught up on, uh, on um, three web com- or two web comics. I'm fully caught up on. Um, and of course, webtoons. I've been reading all my webtoons. Um, Laura Olympus is on hiatus right now, though. Um, so I'm caught up on questionable content and Dumbing of Age, which are my two favorite web comics. I read them every day, but uh, I was I was behind like two weeks and really enjoyed them. Um, and then I've been reading Penny Arcade from the beginning because 
I was a huge Penny Arcade fan when I was younger. And they're the ones who did Acquisitions Incorporated, the D&D thing and the D&D podcast I've been listening to. It's a lot of fun. And they're the ones who um, do those. So I've been reading it from the beginning. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I remember this. And this is, yeah, they they made some choices that were definitely like controversial. Um, But I know they're like genuinely good dudes from everything I've heard. So I, I think they were just, you know, it was the early 2000s. You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing. Um, but uh, I heard, I mean, I heard it, it, obviously they get away from stuff like, like the more controversial stuff, but the art style does get really wacky. I saw a Twitter thread, ironically about it. And where people were like, Penny Arcade was never funny. The art's bad. And I'm and it was like, no, no, it's really good. It's one of the best web comics of all time. <laughs> so I was kind of annoyed by that, but yeah. Um, other than that, the only other thing I read was the new chapter, Dragon Ball Super. Oh, which we yeah. can talk about briefly. I love the superhero shit. I just love it. It's great. I, I know the new chapter, um, but I'm caught up with my hero. It does. It does wrap up the super storyline. Oh, okay. It pretty much wraps it up. It was a short thing. So uh, caught up with my hero. We'll talk about that more. I think when we, when it ends my hero, we should sit down and do an episode just about it. That'd be cool. About the whole series. And uh, of course, uh, vigilantes too. So, well, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I didn't really read all that much this week. Uh, so, yeah, that should be it. So those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find our producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. You can find Josue at Josue Reads Josue. Uh, so make sure to follow us on Twitter. As I said, if you follow us there at WHI Podcast for the show, every Saturday you'll get a post notifying you when a new episode is up. It'll have a complete list of every issue we talked about, as well as timestamps for each publisher, so you don't have to sit through the full three-hour show, because it looks like it's going to be a three-hour show this week. (laughs) Uh, So make sure to do that. Um, Also, follow our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, at Jukebox Vertigo. Jukebox Vertigo is a certain POV uh, podcast. Uh, On there, it is a bi-weekly podcast where we make playlists with our friends and special guests based on randomized categories. Um, the next episode is songs older than you, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, that is not coming out this Monday. It'll be next Monday. So for now, listen to the previous episode that we put up last Monday, which was side projects with our buddy JD from certain POV. Uh, so make sure to check that out. It was a lot of fun. We always have a blast doing it. Follow that on Twitter at jukebox vertigo. Finally, make sure to follow Josue on Twitch at Josue Plays Josue. Uh, not only does he play video games and do other things on Twitch, but every Monday when a new episode of Jukebox Vertigo hits, he goes on Twitch and does a listening party, listens to each song, gives his opinions, plays some games. We have a lot of fun in the chat. Um, it's I finally been... figured out Mario Kart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun doing it. Like More and more people are coming back yeah. for the listen parties, which is really cool. Right. So it's, it's fun to see it start hitting with people, so I like that. Um, but yeah, that's how to follow us on all those places. Uh, if you are going to a specific con tomorrow, um, I will be there. This is going to be a local Arizona con. So if you're not in Arizona, you can kind of ignore what I'm talking about right now. Um, but, uh, tomorrow, uh, well, we, we talked about it before, um, about the, um, about the lineup that's going to be there. Meredith McLaren and all of mm-hmm. them. Um, I will be there. 
I'm going to be there is what I will say. Um, so uh, I don't know how long I'll be there. I'm probably going to sh- show up about noon. Uh, if there's any combo creators listening, I'd love to meet you. Say hi, get my stuff signed. I haven't been to a con since before the pandemic. So this is my first one. So yeah, it's a nice small one. It'll be a lot of fun. And I have some friends that are working it. So it'll be good to go too. So with that said, don't forget to bag, board, and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Are you tired of watching your beloved characters being tortured by careless authors? Are you sick of feeling like they could have swapped out all of the painful action and the plot would remain untouched? Subscribe to Books That Burn, the fortnightly book review podcast focusing on fictional depictions of trauma. We assume that the characters' reactions are reasonable and focus on how badly or well they were served by their authors. Join us for our minor character spotlights, main character discussions, and favorite non-traumatic things in the dark books we love. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.